For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. All of the fires, the smoke that was coming over from Canada and down into America, apparently there's a little story in the Star this morning says that says a smoke plume from Canada's wildfires has crossed the Atlantic and has reached Ireland, causing hazy skies and indeed red-orange sunsets. Interesting to see if anybody saw anything like that, probably around uh, West Cork or West Kerry and places like that. But smoke all the way from Canada above Irish Sea, off the Irish shore and coming on land. Um, and you know something? It continues. The And uh, sooner or later, of course, people are going to get fed up to their back teeth of this story unless somebody starts answering questions properly. Archie um, gave something like a 13-page statement yesterday. I tried my best to follow it. I watched a lot of different shows on it yesterday, but you'd be more confused than ever now. Uh, certainly, uh, the Independent says that RTE chiefs caved in repeatedly to Ryan Tuberty demands. Um, now, I suppose they're saying that Tuberty was making these demands, but of course, the reality is a lot of it would have been done through his agent, Noel Kelly, who would have been negotiating the contract for him. One of the more interesting points is that there was an exit fee at the end of the contract period. I mean, who has an exit fee when a contract runs out, it, I mean, I've never heard of anything like that. There might be an entry fee, uh, but you don't get exit fees. And apparently there are two more €75,000 payments due. I guess all that will change now for those two years because he's no longer uh, presenting the Late Late Show. But there are two more of the um to be paid. Whether they will be or not, I, I just don't know. Uh, but what's interesting with regards to those fees, uh, the seventy five grand per year that would have been paid uh, first in one year by Renault and then twice by RTE is that with regards to the Renault fees and indeed the RTE fees, they also came with huge um, um, negotiation fees on top of them, uh, which would have been paid to whoever negotiated the contract. So the numbers keep on going up and up and up. And then it turned out yesterday uh, that with regards to the Renault uh, fees uh, of 75 grand, of which they paid one, um, RTE uh, also had to pay the uh, cost of the events, the Renault events, one of them which was in Cork, the Renault events that happened around the country that Ryan Tuberty turned up for. Why would RTE pay for Renault gigs, but this is the kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, I said it yesterday morning on the air. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I don't mean to repeat myself on this, but I, I did say it to to Colin Burke that um, all RTE will do now at these different committees, and they've started already, is throw D Forbes under a bus. So she's going to get blamed for everything, um, and unless she talks or says something, and she's too unwell to go to either the media. Um, committee questions today or the Octus committee questions tomorrow. Um, so therefore, she's going to be the scapegoat. Or as, as Eamon Dunphy says in the papers this morning, D Forbes is the patsy. Um, because RT are saying that only one person had all of the details. Some people had bits and pieces, but nobody had it all except for D Forbes. So pointing the finger at Forbes. I don't believe that'll wash, and the Mail also has that as a headline today. Um, and if they turn, and there's two people turning up uh, to the uh, media committee today, and neither of them really know much. They really don't. The acting assistant director general of RTE, and indeed the chairperson of the RTE board. They really don't know, unless they've been able to cobble stuff over the last couple of days. I think there's going to be blue murder with the questions. I think it could get quite angry today. So, pull D, other one, is the front page of making the star today. D, only one who knew, as in D-E-E, is the front of the sun this morning. Uh, RT in crisis. One thing's very apparent, and you could see this if you're watching any of the news coverage of yesterday or hearing audio, uh, is that the RT staff have really, really come together as one big, powerful 
block now. Very much so. And there were protests outside all of the RTE uh, offices and different regional locations yesterday, including Father Matthew Key down in Cork and all of the staff were out. And certainly on the campus at UCC, they are furious. And this really... Uh, is very good for the staff at RTE because they were on the front foot now and management and all of those, um, the, particularly those who've been paid obscene amounts of money as the staff would claim it to be obscene amounts of money, they're on the back foot now. So it's the working man and woman now that would take control going forward and that's got to be a good thing um, and they are demanding serious reforms and that's the story that makes the examiner today. Uh, Ray Darcy yesterday came out and uh, finally announced that his salary is correct um, and I think that's pretty much the top 10 done now at this stage but meanwhile and what's happening on this programme is that it turns more to whether or not the uh, licence fee should be paid and whether or not RTE is value for money and I was giving you some stats yesterday as to uh, the amount of people who ended up in court uh, the examiner did a much deeper look at that and managed to get uh, figures for last year, um, actually, and indeed for so far this year. So over three and a half thousand people have been brought to court so far in 2023 for not paying their television license. Uh, And more and more people are now thinking this is not value for money. Uh, It should be pay per view. Uh, RTE should be able to survive either on commercial activity or or TV license only. Uh, But you can't have both. But of the, tra- of the three and a half thousand that have been brought to court so far in 2023, I couldn't find anywhere in the article that talked as to whether any of them actually went to jail. So I'm imagining the answer to that is no. People did not go to jail. In all the news, the front of the Echo this morning talks about the amount of complaints against Cork City Council and Cork County Council. I have to be honest, when I read 150 complaints about Cork City Council, I thought that is very, very, very low. And then I looked at the County Council figure, and that's even lower again. 65 complaints lodged with the Ombudsman. So unless the majority of people are are quite happy with their lot... Uh, 150 complaints about Cork City Council sounds quite low to me. Now, the vast majority of the complaints relate to housing, uh, and then you drill into them. It includes issues regarding uh, housing uh, allocations, wanting to be relocated, repairs, transfers, maintenance, sewage, all of this kind of stuff. In fact, there's a a lot of sewage stories making the papers today because um, one of them has to do with septic tanks. This probably would be a much bigger story if it wasn't for RT, one would suggest, because nearly half the septic tanks in Ireland are poisoning the water system. Um, Seriously, uh, they're faulty, they're dodgy, and a lot of them pose a risk to human health. Like 49% of the systems failed inspection because they weren't built or maintained properly. And these sewage systems are contaminating household drinking water and also polluting the land and polluting uh, the rivers. Uh, Big news on the north side of Cork City last night in the sense that hundreds of people came out to proudly mark the homecoming and indeed the departure of Denise O'Sullivan to the FIFA Women's World Cup. And they were all out um, in the in the park yesterday above in uh, Courtown Drive in Knocknaheeny. Spoke yesterday to um, uh, one of the sisters of, of Denise on air. Uh, many people turned out. Um, she's in Dublin now. I don't know when exactly. I need to ask Rory what the story will be when the actual final squad will be announced. They need to narrow down the squad. But you can be sure of one thing, Denise will be on it. So it's a lovely story regarding that uh, homecoming and also the farewell um, at, uh, at in Knocknaheeny last night. One thing that's interesting in our courts today is uh, Corkman Paul Hyde, because he's in the front of this morning's examiner. He's the former deputy chairman of Onboard Planola. He's now unemployed uh, since he stepped down from his role. Uh, he's before the courts down in Skibbereen, and Judge James McNulty is handling this case, and he says um, the uh, apparently the maximum penalty 
for what um, uh, Paul Hyde admitted breaches of is six months in prison and a fine of up to five grand. So the judge has said that ignorance of the law is no excuse. So we know on Friday as to whether or not he will go to jail or not for making misleading declarations of interest to the state planning body regarding regarding property. One of them was deemed as a, a ransom strip um, a ransom strip is, is land that could be key to the development of other um, buildings or other projects. And sadly, as we were going off air yesterday, we heard that 12-year-old Axel, the wolf dog from Rumley's, literally dropped dead. And uh, Vincent Cashman was on from the uh, CSPCA yesterday. It's picked up by the Red Tops today. It's very sad. He'd been running free for a few days um, and uh, broke out of his enclosure on Friday. Eventually tracked down yesterday. They tried, tried to throw a net over him and he got a heart attack and died. As Vincent Cashman said to me, I reckon the poor guy's heart gave out and died shortly after due to his age and the fact that he was on the run for nearly five days. So that's very, very sad. There's another doggy story, actually, although Axel is technically a wolf dog. But there's research out this morning in the Mirror saying that four out of five dog owners want their pets at the wedding. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. You know what I'm going to say next. And the vast majority of them want the dog to bring the ring up the aisle. Mother of God Almighty. Nothing to do with me, nothing to see here. I wouldn't regard myself as an over-the-top pet lover. I love me dog for sure, but that's probably a step too far. Seven out of ten want them to take part in the ceremony with ring-bearing dogs being the top of the list and after that, flower-bearing dogs. So replacing humans in more ways than one. It was 60 years ago today. Hope to do more on this on the air a little later on this morning, particularly if you were there. You might have been a small babby when JFK uh, came to Cork. Uh, it was part of his uh, whistle-stop tour around Ireland, and it was on this morning in 1963 uh, that he touched down. Now, here's my conundrum. Seamus tells me that the chopper landed at Collins's barracks. My understanding all those years ago was the chopper landed on the Victoria Road and that's why they called the park there on the Victoria Road, Kennedy Park. So it's up to you guys to correct me, particularly if you know the day and you were there on the day and you were part of it, then text 0868104106. But it certainly was 60 years ago today on Leaside. And there's um, a sacrilegious story making the mail today saying that if you get a boost from coffee, it's all in your mind. Um, there's one thing I can tell you about that is that I couldn't start the day without coffee for whatever bloody reason, I don't know whether I get a boost out of it, like the taste or the flavour of it. But recently what happened is um, uh, my, wife, uh, substituted, <laughs> my wife substituted the beans in my coffee machine for decaffeinated beans, right? And I was drinking it away and knew nothing about it and she said absolutely nothing. Um, until such time as eventually she did tell me. And it was at that point then that I disliked it. Do you know what I mean? So I had three days of drinking decaf and never knew it was decaf. But when it was pointed out to me, I didn't like it anymore then. And, and something switched on in my brain to say, nah, I don't like this. I don't like this. If I'd never known, I would have just carried on. So maybe that's the kind of placebo they're talking about. And I love this story of the, Guin- of the Guinness drinking Kerry man, who is intent now on drinking a pint of Guinness in every Irish pub in the world. <laughs> He's already tried 75 bars in 41 countries. But apparently he still has 6,425 boozers to go on his worldwide stout mission. I'm assuming that he's rating every single pint of stout and every single boozer in every single country in Ireland, um, at least every single Irish pub around the world, 
that's an incredible story and I'm going to get to talk to Colm Dalton at some time over the next couple of days because I just love the story Neil Prendamil Gold Imro Award winner for Speech Broadcaster of the Year Cork's Red FM Pick up the phone text 086-8104-106 You just want to pop back to a story that I did yesterday I got a text in from Sandy who was just out of hospital after knee replacement surgery and was in a lot of pain and was trying to get some help from the HSC and trying to get some sort of bit of independence because um, it's difficult for uh, Sandy who's in a, an ill-fitting a wheelchair and was looking for an orthopaedic chair to help her to get a bit more independence and I suppose mobility if you like but I didn't have much luck yesterday with regards to anybody out there having an orthopaedic chair available but just a quick call from Sandy just to find it because there was only a text yesterday but she joins me by phone this morning. Sandy good morning. Good morning, eh? And thanks for taking the call. And the Thank lads you. are telling me the lads are telling me you've been you've been very upset the last few days, yeah? I have, um, Neil. Um, I came home from hospital last Thursday night, and I came home. I cannot get in and out of my own bed. Right? It's too high. Now the chair I had that I was sitting on that I thought would do me has cut into my side. And cause friction burns on my leg. What is it? Now, is it a chair or a wheelchair? It's a, no, it's a chair I was sitting in. Now, I had the district nurses come to me on Monday morning. I couldn't meet nicer. They were literally unbelievable. My own district nurses there. They said I needed a profile bed and an orthopedic chair. Now, they've applied for it, but unfortunately, their hands are tied. It could take up to three months for the HSE to give the go-ahead for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so weren't, you weren't sent time, home too early or anything like that, no? Was it the no, time? I wasn't sent home too early, no. It was actually uh, seven, eight days after the operation. Uh, was, so it a you, knee, what was it Was it a knee replacement? Yeah, Did you get I a new a knee, joint? Yeah, I, had a, I got a new knee replacement two and a half years ago that didn't take. So two and a half years later, they've replaced the same knee again. It's called revision surgery, All right, which okay. is a lot more severe and painful, and it will, could take weeks and weeks to get better. Now, when I heard so, you saying that it could, that the district nurse said it could take three months, I was saying to myself, yes. if you're lucky, it could take if substantially lucky, longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now the nurses, I can't fault. They came here. They cut me. They stood me out of the chair. They saw the burn on my leg. The um, friction burn and I had a wheelchair and they said the only thing to do was to sit in the wheelchair it was wider for me but I cannot do my physio on the wheelchair because you have to be able to kick your leg behind you right? yes okay to bend okay. the knee yeah now the other thing is I cannot get in and out of my bed unless I have someone holding my legs trying to get me in and the bed is so high fair and fair that I'm going to fall out of the bed and if I do I'll break my hips. Are you a pensioner now, Sandy? I'm 70 years old. Yes, right. I'm an old age pensioner. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And you don't have I a hoist have... over your head with a handle on oh, the... Oh, God, no, no, no. What I have is a steel backrest that the nurses gave me, which digs into my back. I have to sit up in the bed because if I need a drink of water during the night, for fear the water will go down the wrong way and I'll end up with pneumonia. I know. I know. It's not an easy so thing for somebody to text me. me asking for help. So I appreciate no, I that. You know, I you're, wouldn't you're not in a million years private ask person. anyone for help. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I help a lot of people. I would help a lot of people if I can. Yeah. I would do anything for anyone. Yeah. But it's just that this has just knocked me. Now, 
I have a small amount of money. I don't have much. Okay? I know. I can afford a little bit, but not a lot. I know. Now, I've priced beds yesterday, and there's a, a thing called an accessible bed in Vickers Road, 2,200. The profile beds you're talking about, 2,000 euros for. The chair is 475 euros. And there is nowhere under the sun I can come up with that amount of money. Do you need the bed and the chair, or is it just the chair? I need chair? both, yeah. And yeah. That, no, I need both. Because as it is, someone Do you need a lower bed head. with the lower mattress to start, is I it? I need a lower bed with a lower mattress. Okay. In so, a price, but you know, the hospital beds, one of those. But you can get them in normal size beds as well. Right, yeah. But they take at least three months now. I'll only need this for excess six days. But hang on, but hang on a second. If you if you need a lower bed with a lower mattress, and the mattress has to be um, a good kind of mattress that's you know strong and firm, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what if what if I was? I mean, let let's see if we can get a deal from somebody. At the moment, I'm doing I'm doing some lovely stuff on the air with the furniture centre on the Watercourse Road in Blackpool. Right. You'd never know what they might have there. Um, yeah. And I can check with them to see if they might have something to suit you, a lower bed to get in and yeah, out of. I with the, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I need something that would lift me off to see at the back and put you back back down again when I'm getting in and out. Of oh, bed. yeah, it's a, know, that's like a different story entirely now. That's yeah, a hospital. Yeah, I know that. It's not, yeah. it's not just... It's a, yeah, I can actually get them a normal divan and king size or double beds as well. No, I know, but if oh, it's oh, a, yeah, if it's it's a, a hoist... Bed, yeah. It's a has, it's one a remote control bed. It's a remote one. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, the problem is the Southern Hillport has plenty of them. They have plenty of chairs, but there's a protocol you have to follow. So you're um, telling me that they're they're actually sitting somewhere in Cork, and you could have one well, of each. Sitting up, I said, I'm sitting up, I'm from Rice Hospital, I presume. And what are you on? Some sort of a queue system or what? Yes, a queue system. I was told there was 134 people waiting. Oh, yeah. In Balfihan at the moment, I'm 135. Oh, and you don't uh, want to be a queue jumper, so you don't? I, I wouldn't do it because there might be someone dying that would need a bit more, you know, that would help them more than me at the moment. And I would there be 135 people, uh, elderly people, looking for these well, I'm not too bits. sure, Neil. That's what I was told. So, as I said, the nurses came and they came again yesterday, and I can't fault them. What about Ajax in Ireland? Right. I rang them yesterday. You told me that and I rang them yesterday. They can't help. I rang St. Vincent the Ball Shops. They don't have anything. I rang a place in Skibbereen. I don't know, it's a car, car is something else. They do furniture and everything that the furniture, they sell the furniture for goes to mental health. They had nothing. I don't know you what know, to tell you, girl. I don't, I don't know what to see, tell you because it's a very specific kind of bed you're looking for. The chair. Yeah, and chair, the chair, the orthopedic chair. It has to be an orthopedic chair. Yeah, you see, yeah. I, I, I mean, we could hassle the HSE and hassle Sam Finbars, and and um, yeah. but but I don't want to be, I don't want to be doing anything that would mess around the other hundred and thirty-five people. Yeah. Do you know? And you wouldn't want that either. I, God Almighty, I would not. No, 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 no. no. God, I would not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to anyone. No, no. I'm not that type of person. Okay, let's just you see know? because you're on the air chatting now with me. Let's see if somebody might have a bed like that that might have been used, okay. um, that they still have it, that they mightn't need it anymore. Do you know mm-hmm. that kind of way? Um, and they can have it back when I'm finished with it and recycle it and give it to someone else. And move it on. Yeah, pass it I on. Move it on. Yeah. Even yeah. the chair, if it's used, I don't care. I can use it and pass it on to someone else. I'm not looking for anything that I need to keep. 
When you and describe that chair, there, what 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 is it exactly? It's actually it's a kind of a high chair with nothing underneath it, and it has like legs, like um, crutches on it. Do you know those type of legs? Yeah. So you can swing your legs back in and back in behind you while you're sitting. I don't down. know what kind of chair you're talking about. Yeah, it's one of the, It's an old yeah, fashioned. It's it's quite an old fashioned chair, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Looks very old fashioned, but it's comfortable, and you can sit and you can swing your leg and do your physio at home. Okay, okay. You know, it's built, it's built for purpose. Okay, hold you know? on there, hold on there. I need to take a break. Yeah. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six if you can help. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. <laughs> Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Right, Sandy, where are you living? I'm actually living in Balafihan. Right on the south side. Because yeah. we've got you a chair. We've got you a you chair. We have a chair. We have you right? a chair. Yeah, and uh, Rita Moynihan is, is going to give you the orthopedic chair. She's out right. in Tower, so we just need to organise for it to be collected. And I'm sure that somebody with a van who's listening right now would be okay about picking it up in Tower and bringing it to you. When you're finished with it, give it back to Rita again. She's not going right. to you're a true gent, and I really, really appreciate it. I really do. I we're, really do. We're only here to help each other. We're here, and that's all we want in this world is to try and give each other a yeah, bit of help. Yeah, yeah. Now the other big problem is the bed. No, I'm just thinking about the bed. Somebody's saying to me there are places where you can rent those beds. So I'm going to get the lads yeah. check out where you could rent one of those orthopedic beds. We you could organize. can rent them, but they're very expensive. You have to pay a deposit of about six hundred euros, and they're about a hundred euros a week. Now, I'm living on all this pension. You see, the thing you about know? it is they are there. There's 130 yeah. people ahead of you. Yeah. You're on an old age pension. Yeah. You'd need a 600 yeah. deposit and 100 a week for the bed. Yeah. Somebody else said that they would be selling them on Dundeal. Yeah, I've tried Dundee last night and the cheapest one on Dundee was 1,500 euros. Different. And that's uh, that a remote control used. back on it, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a used one. I know, but used it yeah, yeah, used for two weeks and sold on. Like I mean, in all fairness, that bed must have been given and just sold on. You know what I mean, Nate? You think they might be selling HSE beds on mm-hmm. Dundee? Oh, I, 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 they are exactly what they're selling. Oh my God Almighty! Now. And people desperate yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I have to be approved now. An OT has to come up and send some bars to prove me for these now at the I moment. Know, right? I know. I know. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I had nowhere else to turn on it to you yesterday. Okay, well, listen, um, the orthopedic yeah. chair is is sorted, it's so we sorted. can make that happen a little later on this morning. Yeah. Somebody Thanks may well be listening who has one of these beds that might be okay with giving you a loan of that one. If that happens, yeah. I'll be back on to you again, all right, if I have Thank any updates. Not at all, not yeah. at all. Look, right. and I, I really appreciate it. You okay, know, well, the, the sad part of this is I only bought a new bed last year from the new furniture centre in Waterford's Road, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah. Like the bed was high, and I didn't realize how that that I would need a lower bed. You know, even if I could have. But had if it's a, a lower, lower bed, if you need, bed. if it's a lower normal bed you want, we okay. can get you that. But if it's a one you? that, if yeah, yeah, but if it's one that yeah. is a remote where the back goes up and down, well, that's. I can put, but if I can get in and out of it myself and put my feet on the ground, I'm grand. Well, I mean, if we. If yeah. someone could come and look at the bed I'm in and get a lower form of the bed. Ah, well, people are texting um, in saying they'll give you a lower bed with the backrest oh, and everything brilliant. on it. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Oh, fantastic, mate. Yeah. I really okay. appreciate it. Okay, well, if that's going to yeah. work, that's going to work. That's oh, fine. Work. Well, and I'll make right. anything work at this stage. Okay. Thank you for your time. Not at all, Sandy. You're look, a true gentleman. Look after yourself. And we'll chat again um, right. when we get off air today. But there might even be uh, another update um, right. that's, I'm only hearing about it now in my ear that there's another offer here 
So until I get it, um, I'm going to just uh, I'm just going to hold on until I get further details. Um, there's an uh, I'm just seeing it on the screen coming in here. It's an electric bed. It was belonged to his mum. Um, it's in Bandon. Uh, John is in touch with us, and he says John will give it to us. So, is that the an electric bed? Is an orthopedic bed? I guess. Well, I presume so. Like, see, I have only one bedroom okay. bundler, you know. No, no, no. I'm only, I'm only hearing this now. I'm yeah. only hearing this. But what we'll, what we'll do is we'll chat some more with John and see if it's an orthopedic yeah. bed with a remote right. control back on it. And if that's the case, then both are sorted: the bed and the chair. All right. Yeah. I need, and if not a normal bed, that's lower than my own. All right, girl. All right, girl. Okay. I okay. appreciate your help. I know you and do. You're a true gentleman. Well, I really do. Don't know about that part of it, but Thanks listen, happy million. to help out. Take care. Thanks a million. Bye, bye. Okay, bye. we get it sorted and uh, come back to you when everything is um, ticked, all of the various boxes. An awful shame, isn't it? That firstly, that there would be 130 people on a list waiting for something like this. And secondly, that someone, a pensioner, would have to call a radio station to help them to get out of pain and give them a bit of independence and. A bit of mobility with a bed and a chair. But there you have it. That's the world we live in. Um, text 0868104106. I'm seeing more of it here now. We have an electric bed. It was belonged to my mum. It's down in Bandon. I will give it to you. It's an orthopedic certified mattress. Just need someone to collect it and put it together. The HSC didn't want the bed back after his mother went into a nursing home. Thank you, John. You're a true gent. Appreciate it. Sandy will be delighted. Maybe that's why you're seeing orthopedic beds being sold on Dundeal because the HSC don't want them back. Um, I suppose you can kind of half understand why people would sell them on if the HSC don't want them back. But that's a shame, isn't it? That they don't take things back like that and move them on to the next person who's in need. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. I love these stories when they come together with you guys helping. Hi, Neil, just listening to the show. That bed in Bandon, I can collect it and assemble it for Sandy. I have a van. And I do a lot of general DIY, so it should not be any problem for me, says Paul. Well, you're a kind man, Paul. Thank you. You know what? Sandy could be somebody's ma'am. And we could be talking about somebody's ma'am or dad when we want to help. It's big, no real big deal for me to put 10 minutes aside on a daily radio program to help somebody, and particularly to help Sandy, because you can do it really quickly and get it done and then move on. So happy to have been part of that. And uh, thank you for that, Paul. You're very kind. So the bed... And indeed the chair sorted. And it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a small thing for us to do, but it's very big for the people who look for the help. Because it's not easy, uh, you know, to go public and say, this is what I need. Um, I'm desperate. Um, but it's great to be able to make a difference. Talking about making a difference. This is a very special day today. Because if you can remember, if you listen to this program regularly, the back end of January of this year, we told you the story and spoke with a man on air who lived for 40 years in a slaughterhouse. Uh, John. He's in his early 60s now. Today is the day that he finally is getting his new home in Madden's, Madden's Buildings. I think it's a great day for him. Um, it was a long time coming, but we're here now, six months later. So John was born in an institution in the back end of the 1950s, and he immediately went to work in the abattoir on the outskirts of the city. So he worked by day in the abattoir with the animals and the cattle and what have you. Um, and he lived in the canteen at night as the night watchman. So it was his home. Worked by day, watchman by night, slept there by night as well. Spent the whole life doing that, up until the point that the abattoir closed down a few years ago. Um, and then he, was, uh, he went to the main slaughterhouse across the back of the yard. And that's where he had been living 
with his old dog. Um, but the roof then started leaking and uh, people were aware that he was there, but not, not particularly about the actual circumstances in which he was living. So we got um, Pat John on the air and we were chatting with him and then the great advocate for the elderly, Paddy O'Brien, got involved in the conversation. We went to the council and, and things like that. Uh, and then, of course, they had to uh, assess him and do all sorts of checks before they could um, find a property from property was found. But just ahead of that, here's a little recap to the 31st of January 2023. I'm very concerned about where you're living. Uh, I don't actually, I don't want to know the name of the abattoir that you're living yeah. in for legal reasons. But tell me, tell me your, your backstory. You're, you're living in an abattoir um, yeah. that you used to work in all your life, is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And do you mind me? Do you mind me asking about your early life? Well, uh, in the school early, and, uh, you know, I, I can't read nor write and stuff like that. Okay. So you left at what age? Uh, about fourteen, fifteen, I suppose. Were you Were you in in one of the state institutions as a young fella? I was. Yes. Where? Uh, I'm uh, in Lota. In Lota. So, yeah. wh- what age were you when you left Lota? Uh, I left it when I was very young. Like what, 12, 13, 14, 15? Yeah, yeah, about that, yes. And did you go straight to work? Yeah. In in a slaughterhouse, was it? Yeah. And did you work there by day? I did, yes. Right, and where then did you where did you live then when work was finished? I lived, I lived, I lived on the job. Okay, all right. Uh, I lived on the night watchman as well, like, you know. So you were the night watchman, so you worked by day and then you were the watchman by night? Yeah. Okay. And you, you had all of your stuff there, your possessions and everything there as well with you? Yeah. And did you have a bed and stuff? Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. Okay. So for how many years was that? Oh, nearly 30, 40 years it was. It's a good 30 years anyway. And did you never have a proper home? Um... I had, a, my, I had one when I was younger. Yeah. I know, but when you grew up and everything and went out to work, did you never have your own flat no, or a bedsit or house or anything? No, no, it's the only place I know. That was the only place he knew. Well, he's going to get to know something brand new to him now because today is the day he gets the key of the door and uh, Kevin Galvin is actually in, um, I don't know if he's in the house, but he's certainly in Madden's buildings and joins me by phone. Over to you, Kevin. Take it over. Yeah, Neil, um, January 31st, I was on the outskirts of the old Mallow Road, uh, up at an abattoir, kind of shocked, uh, horrified by the conditions in which John was living. Fast forward, what is it, six months almost, and here we are standing outside 64 man's buildings. I mean, it's an unbelievable change um, for John. Uh, it's a huge change in his life. It'll be a change that will take some time. But um, but it is I mean, it's an absolutely gorgeous house. So you know yourself. You've you're you former resident of yeah, this area. Yeah, you know very well. Exactly. Born there, yeah, yeah. And um, they're gorgeous houses, and they're perfect size for a man like John. So um, no, he's he's nervous. It's a big change for him, which is totally understandable. So was um, he did you know between January and June until now was he continuing to live in the slaughterhouse? Yeah, he was still still living in the slaughterhouse, and probably will for the next few. Oh, we have weeks anyway until we get them fully sorted. Um, but uh, so what's but he, what's happening today then? So today he's finally getting the keys. So today he finally can move in if he wants to move in. Today he can. I, I was I as anybody who knows who's moved into a new house to take some time. But um, he has the keys now. He is 
legally able to open the door, come and go as he please, does whatever he, you know, in terms of using the house. So it's a, it's a fantastic day for him, you know. I mean, Have you been inside it? I have. I walked around it. Um, I walked upstairs and there'll be video on our social later on. Um, there's a, a kind of a, a big living area, living room at the front. There's a nice little kitchenette, a kind of open plan, um, toilet at the back, a little area out the back as well. And then upstairs, two bedrooms and a kind of an attic sort of style bedroom uh, with a kind of a, a sort of a triangular uh, pyramid roof looking out back over. That's onto, it. Are, they still the very, are they still very steep stairs? I remember them as a child, very steep. Yeah, probably not as steep as an adult as they were as a child, but... Uh, <laughs> But they are still very... I mean, they are, but, you know, they, there's like the, the house has been even... The shower now has a mobility shower and stuff, so it's kitted out, you know. They're triangular um, bedrooms, you know. Triangular bedrooms, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if somebody my size... I'm six foot four. I don't but, know if somebody my size would have... No, there's only, I'm sure for a very John, tall person can only stand up in them in particular areas of them, and they have a skylight <laughs> then on the side of the... They're triangular because it's actually... You're in the roof as such. You are in the roof, yeah, absolutely. But, like, what a gorgeous way to wake up as well, you know what I mean? To have the light coming in and... Like to have a view out over your own street, and you know you 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 roll over in the morning, you can throw open your curtain, you can see your neighbours, and and actually to be fair, John has a good few people here he already knows, um as it happens, so he's great neighbours around him. They've come down and said hello. Tomas, who was the man who originally called in, he's actually living a couple of doors down. He's been a great help to the show. He's called in about a few different people in need, um so it seems like it's a very very friendly neighbourhood here. People it look certainly is. That's Tomas Mackey. I'll chat with him hopefully in a minute. I think John, I've got. I think I have John here. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You sound a lot more sprightly and chipper and happy than six months ago. Yeah, I was just looking at the place here now, just... It's a brilliant place. Is it hard to believe that it's happening? Well, it is, yeah. <laughs> Have you had a walk around? Oh, yeah, I suppose. It's like a grand little place, like, you know. Oh, my God. That's going to be your first proper home... In over 40 years? Yes. Since Lota? Well, you wouldn't even yeah. call No, since before Lota, because Lota was far from perfect or proper for you. Is it furnished? I don't know. There's nothing in it yet. Okay. There's no furniture, no nothing in yet. You're going to kit it out the way you'd like it to be yourself? Um... Well, I hope so, yes. Yeah, yeah. And when, when do you think that you'll actually, you have the keys now, when do you think you'll be able to move in? You'll need a bed anyway. Well, well the, the, um, the, the one to be flooring put down there yet, like, right. you know. okay. But at least you have the key. I have, yeah. Yeah, you can come and go anytime you want now. Yeah. Is there many people there to welcome you from Blackpool? I hear a lot of people moving around there. Well, there's a few around here, yeah. 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 And what about your dog? Uh, well, uh, I leave him at home for a while, and for the time being, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you'll be able to bring your dog with you. And I hope a... so, yes. Ah, yeah, sure, why not, your old dog. Um, Kevin, what happens with regards to furniture and tables and chairs and cookers and beds? Yeah, it's funny, actually, um, that John mentioned this. Um, we had Paul Byrne down here earlier from Virgin, um, and who's a good friend of the show, and Paul said that John could actually set up a Dundee account with the amount of people that have offered him furniture oh. um, since he appeared on, Ver- on, on on TV, and obviously we got him a huge amount of offers from our very generous um, listeners as well. So I really don't think once John gets settled in and the time is right, then we can make start, start kind of forwarding on that information to, to John. I don't think he'll have any problem giving that. 
now they would be behind him yeah, but why do I have it in my head that it should be turnkey that the city hall should provide it fully furnished with all of the white goods and brown goods and beds and furniture well there is I don't know if it would necessarily be turnkey there is in fairness uh, a little kitchenette area uh, and that um, now I have to I actually have to go in and let me just stick oh, my head through the window here and make sure that uh, that there is uh, John there is, is a kitchenette but I'm not sure John is saluting uh, some pals there I think is there? <laughs> there's another it's a narrow street there's kind of uh, there's, uh, who you are you saluting to... there John pals yours is it well did they were one of the neighbours passed up for one of my neighbours and you know them yes uh, he, he just drove up he just shook hands and he he went to you he shook hands with you to welcome you that's why <laughs> Ah, that's fabulous. And you know what? You'll be very close to everything in Blackpool Village now. You can go for your old pint and meet your buddies and everything. It's going to be great. They're blowing their horns, <laughs> Of course they are. Because they're delighted for you, man. They're delighted. Well, you said that, um, Neil, that, you know, I was saying to John that, you know, where he was before, like, he was very isolated. Whereas now, like, you've so much around you. You know, you've the shopping centre, you've shops, you have the pub, you have everything. You know, John's social life now with his neighbours is going to be something he never experienced before. You totally, know? yeah. Not, not at least since the days he worked in that abattoir. So I, I think it's a whole new lease of life for John. I think oh it's my God, he's on, he's on the start of a great adventure. Listen, John, I'm absolutely delighted for you. Have a great day today, being welcomed by all of the neighbours and your friends. And we'll chat again when you move in, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Would you give the phone there to Paddy O'Brien and I'll chat with himself I and really Kevin have, after the break? Well, I, I want to thank Paddy O'Brien as well for putting everything in my village. He's a, he's a wonderful man. Yeah, yeah. He is, yes, he is. Yeah. You're very, I can I can tell that you're very, very grateful. Hello, Neil. Yeah. Paddy, hold on there. I'll come back after the break. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Back to Paddy O'Brien, who's also in Madden's Buildings. Paddy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And that's, it's very noisy around here. A lot of people have to the gathering, yeah. So there's, a, there's a lot of people welcoming John then this morning. Oh, yeah, there are people there, people that he knew, you know. I mean, um, on the way in this morning, he told me he was lonely. He was lonely. Uh, he won't be moving in for a few weeks because we've got to furnish the place now. Yeah. But that um, he's still missed because when he wakes in the morning, what he can see are fields and fields and cows and horses. Yeah. And it's a strange foreign. So he got a bit upset here now a, a while ago. But uh, I just want to thank everyone through FM, especially yourself and the staff there, uh, for this great support we got done with the last few months. Quite honestly, you highlighted the awful situation. Uh, yeah, but it wouldn't uh, have happened without, without the help of your good self as well, though. And, and, and I suppose we can acknowledge know, City Council as well for providing them with the lovely little home. Yeah. The, 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 the question I would ask, Neil, is this. I wonder how many more Johns are there yeah. around the country. I know. Uh, I know. Suffering the same way, not, not uh, particularly in, uh, in, in, in former slaughterhouses. But um, it was protected. Well, that is his um, case is extreme now in a slaughterhouse for forty years, working by day, night watchman by night, small little cooker in the right. corner. Exactly, Awful. yeah, exactly. Awful. And he's, Awful. I mean, when he went inside the door, what impressed him was the open fire, a lovely marble fireplace. It's a fine big, uh, big dining room, kitchen, simple things, plenty of space. Things we take and then for granted. A, um, he went into the bathroom. Uh, there's a, a toilet and a, 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 a shower and sink unit. It's something you never had. You never had a shower outside of there. No. And upstairs then you have two bedrooms. And you know something? The people are lovely out here. 
people that I very nice. And John's a quiet but man. He's a, he's a private man, people. and he's been thrust into the spotlight, so it's probably a little overwhelming for him. Yeah, exactly. And I was saying, Neil, I get personal hair. Lovely people came from here. Your late wife, Eileen, her parents my, came from here. My mother Lovely came people. from there, and her my grandparents' number... That's right, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. English, who I knew better. Number, 20, number 24, Madden's building. There are neighbours out speaking to him now, and he's relaxed. But I would have to say that he's lonely. He is lonely, leaving the land outside, where he appreciates getting the house. He's um, a little bit, a bit uh, worried that what's, what's going That's to happen. That's normal, though, because it's been all he knows for 40 years. But he could have a ramble out there any time he wants. Yeah, I told him that, exactly. I, 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 I told him that. Okay, so oh, that hold, was fun. hold on there a second before you go. I've got Brendan Kelly from Kelly's Carpets and Flooring on the Old Mallow Road, not too far from where you are right now. Brendan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I can't believe what um, you're offering. Go ahead. Well, I, I just, you know, on behalf of my son, my son has the shop out here, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, we do the flooring. <sighs> the carpets and the flooring, you'll do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic. That'd be great. Oh Marvellous. That is a very kind gesture, Brendan, on behalf of the business. Thank you so much. No problem. You can just make arrangements. We can only measure. Uh, my son will there. Uh, he took out, as I said, to see the business, and uh, I know he won't mind me offering. It's a lovely kind gesture to you because it's a beautiful That's story. Lovely. Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice? Yeah. So John has the key of his own front door now, Brendan, so he's the man who's going to be welcoming you to measure up. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. You can, I can give you a number there. You can get in contact with us. We make arrangements to win. Brendan, you're very kind. We have that number already, so we'll make that happen. Thank you very much indeed, Brendan. Thank you. Bye-bye. Kelly's Carpets and Flooring on the Old Mallow Road, lads. If you're looking for carpets and flooring, would you please support them? They support us. What else else does he need, Paddy? It's a bit noisy here. It's it's incredible. The cars up and down there, two taxis coming up and down here. Quite a bit of activity here, um, but that's great now because he could do he could do with that. I've got people out there who want to help in any other way. What's needed? Contact. What's needed? Everything. Everything going into going into going into a new house. There's nothing. There's no chairs. Sorry, we have it. We have a table and four chairs. But he has a table and four chairs. I mean, he's going to be short a bed. He's going to short a cooker. He's going to short pots and pans. He's going to be short bed clothes. Okay, well, we but, need to get we need to get the uh, thinking cap on to sort all that yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, can't, he can't move in until all of that is established. No, no, no. This will take about three or four weeks yeah. easily. Okay, easily. Okay, all right. Okay, Paddy, fantastic. But this I, is a great. Thanks very much indeed. I thank your support. Great. Delighted that so many people are there. P- reports coming back from Madden's Building says everybody's coming up to John, congratulating him and shaking his hands, um, including the great Tomas Mackey also of Madden's Buildings. He says he's delighted to welcome his new neighbour, John. He's known him for a long time and they'll be there to support him in his brand new home. And that's just a couple of comments from people who are in the Madden's Buildings area this morning. But uh, again, um, there is still work to be done in this regard with everything they will need to make it his own cosy little home. So we need to put together a list, I think, of things that are needed most definitely in the early days would be a, a bed for sure and a cooker and and a fridge and, and things like that, don't you know? Don't forget about things like bed linen and carpets, sorry, carpets and flooring sorted, bed linen and pillows and stuff like that to lay the old head down. So we'll build a list on that in the coming hours and days and perhaps people might be like interested in helping, particularly if you're in that business. So after 10, we'll pick up on that and lots more to do. Text 086 So two great stories this morning of people who got help 
that was badly needed. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. The Neil Prenderville Show. Red FM. With another 400 euro voucher to give away for the furniture centre on the Watercross Road in Blackpool. So I'll tell you more about that in the next half hour or so there. Have a big summer event on. And to celebrate their summer event, they're giving us 400 euro vouchers every single day that you can spend in the furniture centre on the Watercourse Road. But busy morning. I want to go back to the phone lines. Martin, good morning. Morning, Neil. Martin, the taxi driver um, is not afraid. He is not afraid, um, but is sitting outside a home in Passage. Is that right? That's correct, Neil. Okay. Now, why I say you're not afraid is because... I, I, I just think the, the, the heading on the echo, um, the heading on the echo, um, Monday night's echo, I think was, look, I've got time for Bobby Lynch, great representative representing Cork taxi drivers, but I think it was misleading to the public, Neil. Um, not all taxi drivers are afraid. I'm you're not speaking not. just for myself here. Yeah, you're I'm not I'm just scared. not speaking for myself. Yeah. If a taxi driver, if the public think all taxi drivers are afraid, Sure, what's the point in getting into care after you know we are not all afraid. There's a percentage of fellas that are afraid. And my and my and my, my what I say to them is if you're afraid, don't don't go out taxing. Yeah. Don't go taxing if you're afraid to sit into your car and pick up people. Yeah. You have to be careful who you pick up. No, you might say I wasn't careful this morning. Yeah, so what I happened this morning that took you from Vienna Woods to Passage? Go on. Um could I just go back to a month ago? This sure. Is my second Do you time have now. the floor? Go um, ahead. Yeah. yeah. A month, one month, about two months ago. Two months ago. This was a night job, a Saturday night job. I picked up a guy and this was on the app. So on the app, I mean, you don't expect to get a runner on the app because uh, you have his details and they have your details. And it's very easy to, to, to locate, you know. But anyway, this guy... It, it turned out it was a drop for drugs. He was collecting drugs. I, I, pick, I picked him up. He, I picked him up. It was through the app. I picked him up at the crossroads at the bottom of um, uh, at the Glenmire there, at the, at the bottom of the hill. Um, what's the name of the place? Um, at the traffic lights there. Yeah, at the bottom of Barnabar Hill. Yeah. And took him to uh, Skahar Road to near the Maxwell station. And I, then I realised this was probably a drugs. You know, Why did you see what? Did come, you see what he was doing I, there? I saw a fella coming out and, and something being exchanged, and that was grand. That was grand. He got into the car and he said, "Um, you know what I was about?" And I said, "Look, it's none of my business." I said, "It's none of my." He told me the whole story about his drugs and everything. Like, what was I to do? Could I? Should I have driven him to the guard station? But anyway, what was he handing over? I just, I'm just curious. Was it? There was something exchanged. I couldn't say like. I couldn't say it was dark. It was dark. I couldn't say it. But it was drugs. Right, okay. Yeah, he took told him you. back. Took him. Took him back to um, Glenmore and took him to a certain park, certain house. And I said, "Look, you have to give me your phone." He said, "I said you have to get yes, the usual. You get the phone after after guy if if he has to go in to get the money. Otherwise, you just don't get him out of the car. Right. Or, and and, and as, say say that you need you need something. You, you know. Yeah. I said, and I told him I've enough runners. I've had a few runners, and I did not hear. But I didn't do anything about it. But the point I'm making is that the drugs, drugs, drugs. This guy, no smell of drink off him. He was high. That was a month ago. He did a run on me. How did he do a runner? Like when, when you... he, he got out and I, he wouldn't give me his phone. He would not give me his phone. He said he needed his phone to ring the guy, to ring the guy 
Ah, but that's that's total BS. You, 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 if, you, if you get into a taxi, you bring money with you. I agree with you. But I got out. I got out. I got out, and he did a runner. I got out, and I'm not as fast as I used to be. But anyway, I said, I said, I just stopped. I was going to run after him, but I said, what's the point? It was it was a free note. It was true. He had. He ran into a house or run away or what did he do? He ran away. He ran away. But I said, what's he running for? Because it was it it was true. Yeah. And I have his details. Yeah. And he is my, you know, so I just drove straight to Mayfield Garda Station, which wasn't only just not, not too far away, and gave him all the details, and that's that's in the process. But anyway... Are they checking him out, actually, Mayfield? They, yeah? are, they have a suspect. That they, they, yeah, they have a suspect. All right, fantastic. So he, well, well, I told so, him in the Garda Station that time that why don't you just come straight up to his house now, he have, and he'll mail him for drugs and everything. Of course, I'm not a guard. They didn't do that. But anyway, okay. now this morning I picked up a guy outside the Vienna Woods Hotel. I was actually after dropping somebody up to the Vienna Woods, Vienna Woods Hotel through the Freeno app. Came out and decided to go on for Glenmire. This guy on the other side of the road flagged me down. What time? He looked, uh, tw- 10 past 8. Okay. Now this has nothing to do with assaults or anything. I was not assaulted. But he was in a distressed state. He said, please, will you take me home? I opened down the window. Please, will you take me home? He was staggering. He was unsure of himself. I was afraid he might fall out on the road and get killed. I said, come on. Wait a second. Was he staggering yeah. because he was drunk or he got a beating or what? You don't know. Um, uh, I'd say there was no marks of anything, but he looked disheveled and um, uh, I, uh, a bit under the weather. as okay. He had a tough yeah. night. Yeah. He had no money on him. I asked him, had your money? He asked me to take him to passage. Have your money on you? He said no. I said uh, I'll pay you when when I'll pay you when you take when you get me home. And I said, Are you sure you have money at home? I have money at home. Right. Will you give me your phone? So that's the usual. You give me your phone. I have no phone. I'm after lose it. Right. I can't take you. So yeah. I'll give him my passport. He gave me his passport. Uh, and I said I don't know. And then I said, So I just look. I'll take him home. Went through the tunnel, got him home, and uh, he went in home. He went in home. I'm in passage. Won't say where, what part of the passage. I'm in, I, I'm, I'm in passage outside his house since about half eight. But anyway, after about 10 minutes, he, he, um, no sign of him. Busy morning now that time. It's peak time. You get one job after the other. What's I'm the there. fare? What's I'm the at, fare? Would it be about 25, 30 euro? Uh, it was between 25 and 30. Between 25 and 30. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, 10 minutes, he didn't come out. So, I went in the side door. I went in the side, uh, and the back door was left open. Walk. The back door wasn't left was left open. Uh, two dogs came out. There was a baby gate uh, blocking them. Two dogs. I opened the baby gate. Two two dogs greeted me. They were either bulldogs. I'm not big into dogs. Uh, they were either bulldogs, mastiffs, or um, whatever. Um, were they rubbed friendly? They were or did they, okay. Yeah. They were two big dogs. I rubbed them, and they were fine. I went up the st- I shouted, called everything. Went up the stairs, your man sound asleep in bed. God almighty, Martin. God I almighty. woke him up. I woke him up. And I said, you owe me 25 euro. And it's, and it's rising all the time. And he was saying, what, 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 what? There was no smell of drink happening. It. it was drugs. Right. And I probably wouldn't be on the phone to you here now only for what happened me a month ago. And I explained that. Yeah. This is the second time. Yeah. And the guards and fairness are dealing with it. But all these things takes time. Okay. And I'm I'm sitting and 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 in fairness now, his mother, his mother rang me. I rang her first. She's working in Bandon. She said she'd pay me. 
but I, I'm doing this. I don't care if I get the money. How'd you get it's the number of the mother? If you're, is your man unconscious in the bed now? He was unconscious and it took him. He, I woke him up. I woke him up and I said, have you got a friend next door? Have you got somebody that can pay me? I need to get paid and I need to go on to my next job. Yeah. And he, he, he was all fumble. He didn't know Monday from Friday and he didn't know what. It took him five times to give me his mother's number. Five different... First of all, when he gave me five, uh, he was short the number. Then three or four more. Would you be bothered, Martin? Like, but I'm doing this. I'm doing this, Neil. I'm doing this on behalf of taxi drivers because I did not go. I did not. I, I did not like the heading on the Echo Monday. That all taxi drivers are afraid. I'm fighting back on behalf of 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 three quarters of the taxi drivers that are not afraid. Okay, so where... the other twenty five percent, if they're not, if they're afraid. No, I, I must, I must uh, reassure that I was not assaulted. This is not a, a nothing to do. But why are why, No, you know, the 10 of these cases are not reported. They're not reported probably. Yeah. But I'm, I'm reporting this one. I, 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 I had to report the last one and I'm reporting this one as well because I didn't report two or three previous ones. But this, and, yeah, and, but this, but this isn't resolved yet. You're still there. I'm waiting for the guards. The guards are on their way. I'm living the guards deal with your man's still inside in the bed, he is? I presume. And why, yeah. didn't the mother, why didn't the mother revolute you the money then? I'm not in revolute, Neil. I wouldn't be as high-tech as you. That's not high-tech. It's very handy. Get yourself... Well, look, yeah. look, look, look. It, it's, um, so what's, I, what's look, happening now? The guards... Neil, we won't go into that. I was on your programme about Cash versus Card about two years ago and we won't go down that route again. I know. But, um, right. okay. You know? okay. So the guards are well, going to arrive at some stage and do what? And do what? Um, hopefully speak to your man and they could nail him for drugs. I don't know. But I am fighting back and I want the public to know that taxi drivers, three quarters, I don't know what percentage, we're not afraid. We're fighting back, not physically, we're fighting back and we're not afraid to do our job on weekend, on Saturday nights, Friday nights and any time. We're not afraid. Okay. That was a very misleading uh, heading on the echo, taxi drivers in fear. Well, some are, some are. You heard the you heard some the taxi are, driver that I spoke to who got an unmerciful beating from this moron uh, who gave him an awful hammering when That's he was true. arguing the price exactly. of the fare. Yep. Uh, we, we can't remember where they were going. Were they going to Blarney or something? No, That's they were right. going from Tower to Glanmire. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. But, uh, but like. You can't. You, that's a very broad statement to, to put on any paper. Taxi drivers. But it sums, a headline like that would encourage people to do runners, wouldn't it? No, you said it. No, you said it. Thanks, Neil. Yeah. 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 Because all these gorriers out here, any gorrier that's, well, I presume they don't buy the echo, but look, if they were to get around quick, oh, taxi drivers are afraid to vote now. Well, if the word is out there that you just do a runner and nothing will ever happen for it, they'll just regard taxis as a free lift home. And you're you're practically saying to me, am I a bit petty in doing this? I'm not. No, I'm not not saying that at all. I mean, I admire you and I admire someone who stands up and says, I want to be paid. I am not afraid. I I would worry that you might be, the cops might say you trespassed. That's all. The door was open. All right. Okay. No, listen. I give you 10 out of 10, man. Go get your money. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, I, I look at it as robbing. If, if, um, if, 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 uh, if, um, somebody stole something off you in the street, wouldn't you run after them? Absolutely. It's your livelihood. And if the word is out there that it's it's easy to get. It's it's nature. Yeah. This guy's snoring, someone to sleep inside in bed. If, if I just went away, sure, he'd come back 
I come back tomorrow and try and get the money, and he'd say, "Sure, he denied all." He wouldn't know who you are. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Where where are you then? All right. Well, will you stay in touch between now and midday if there's any updates? I'd say that I I, listen. I'm 100 percent behind you on this. I'd say anybody listening is they're saying the same thing. Good man, Martin. There we go. I just want the public to know we are not afraid. Okay, pal. What I would say to the guys that are afraid. Don't go, don't go to a Friday and Saturday night if you're afraid to do your job. Okay, let's hear, from, let's, let's hear from other taxi drivers and other members of the public and I'll chat with you again if there's an update between now and midday. No Cheers, Martin. Down a passage. Take care. Bye. Courage for his convictions. He's looking for his money. It's his livelihood. He wants paying. Text 0868104106. Agree or disagree? Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. 400 euro voucher every day this week for the Furniture Centre on the Watercourse Road and we also continue with our summer family pass giveaways to all sorts of beautiful, fantastic locations all over the city and the county and today we are featuring Cork City Jail we have family passes for Cork City Jail if you haven't been there, you are in for an incredible experience and remember I've been telling you once, I'll tell you a million times download the Explore Cork app it is a superb app and it's got 850 places in the app places to go, things to see all categorised with wonderful photographs as well. It's called Explore Cork App. So all that between now and midday today, I promise you that. Um, oh, just some, some texts on different topics of conversation of late to do with RTE. It was very sad to see the faces of the hardworking staff of RTE and the look of being let down. The struggle that they're going through to live in the capital city and the high costs that their wages are not keeping up with and to see others, I suppose, then paid huge amounts of money. Uh, James Amella says, I stopped my TV licence direct debit payment yesterday. I think RTE is a joke. It barely covers anything outside of Dublin. Cork is forgotten about. I never watch it. And yes, they should be able to manage fine from advertising. Virgin Media do. Can't come on air, says James in Mallow. Uh, John F. Kennedy's chopper on this day in 1963 landed in the square in Collins Barracks and was given a guard of honour before exiting through the old main gate towards Cork City. Thank you for that. I was labouring under a misapprehension for all those years that at some stage a chopper with JFK on it landed on Victoria Road, and that's why they call it Kennedy Park. JFK boarded a helicopter in Dublin, landed in Collins Barracks, says Anne in St. Luke's. Uh, thank you to everybody who's getting in touch with regards to John and his new home in Blackpool, I see Swan Beds are in touch already by text. Thank you, guys. They want to provide him with a four-foot bed. Lovely stuff. Um, let's get some more, if we can, in the coming days and weeks to kit out his beautiful home. Uh, James was on the air yesterday saying that he's a pensioner. He's entitled to a free television license, but yet he still pays it. Sweet baby Jesus, what a martyr. Uh, tell your man his medal is in the post. <laughs> I think James will get a kick out of that, to be honest with you. He should go away and see his free doctor if he's paying for his free license license. Um, this guy James is, what, is what's wrong with this country. He's happy to turn a blind eye to wrongdoings because he likes the company. Um, incidentally, uh, it's his money um, and he can spend it whatever he wants. Uh, that's why these politicians remain in power with guys like James on air who don't care what these kind of people make. Um, I suppose talking about the top ten list. Get your man off the air. It's not about the license fee. It's about greed and pulling the wool over people's eyes. Contribution, he says. We pay enough contributions. This man is saying, who cares if Tuberty gets the amount of money? Well, I care. Because while the government supports RTE, I've been waiting since last year for money owed to me since I'm finished in the Defence Forces. The country is corrupt from the top. Don't give out my details. Um, that guy James with his theory that the Irish are begrudgers is ridiculous stereotyping. 
Begrudgery is another name for envy and envy is universal. Can't accept the putting down of Irish people by the stereotyping or even you entertaining the thought of it. Well, I entertain it because it's his opinion. I was incarcerated twice for no television licences. There were six of us in the cell for the same offence and we were left out after four hours. I have had TV license inspectors banging on my door since with the threat of jail. And all I say is, I've been up there twice already. So it's this threat and this fear factor that they use and abuse. Yes, indeed. And at the end of the day, of course, this is all about lies and deceit uh, and payments that were never, ever declared. And uh, the book stops within RTE, but who will be held responsible? Who knows? Back to the phone lines we go. Text 0868104106. Gordon, good morning. Morning, how are you? I'm good. Um, actually, it's very interesting because you're talking about antisocial behaviour. I've had a lot of residents from East Cork down around Middleton Way get in touch with something similar in their community regarding one house. But that's not your story. So tell us about your own story. Well, I'm ringing from West Cork and we, have, we live in a small estate in a town in West Cork. And since there's one individual arrived on the estate or been placed in the estate by the local authorities... It has gone from average to the dogs. We have running pitch battles. We have screaming, roaring, shouting. We have youngsters drinking in the house. We have possible drug abuse going on. We have guards not just coming in one patrol car, but two patrol cars, maybe once, twice, most nights. Last night, they were up again around half past one in the morning. And myself, my wife, and the neighbour had a lengthy conversation with one, one of the guards that was called and he basically told us there was nothing they can do. That they could not enter the person's house to ask the individuals about the noise and the screaming and the fighting. And no, I have uh, They to, can't go in if they think that somebody's safety is in threat? That's what I thought. That's what I thought, Niall. That's what I thought. I thought the guards had the power to go into a property if they saw it, there was either a crime being happened or someone's safety was in danger. And they told the guard, he told us to her face, they cannot go into the guard. They weren't asked allowed into the house. They stood at the door of this individual's house for about... Uh, but they did knock on minutes. the door, though. They knocked on the door. Yeah. They knocked on the door. Right. Knocked on the door, right. Knocked on the door, the, the resident came, the tenant came out, they spoke to him, right? They said something about the noise and the fighting. He, he, we could hear what they were saying. We lived straight across the street from him or from the, the, his house. And he said, there was no noise here, guard. They turned and walked away. Now, one guard, a neighbour called, or next extra neighbour called the guard over, and she was speaking, and we got up and came down. It was about half past one quarter to two in the morning, and we spoke to him, and he said to us that they have no powers to go into the house. He said, we are aware of what's going on. He said, yes, it is ridiculous what's going on in the estate since these individuals have moved up. But he said, what can we do? It's up to the Cork County Council. Now, I... Uh, person from Cork County Council did speak to me this morning and they said they were aware of complaints and so I asked us to send more complaint uh, documents in telling us that the more documents they had more complaints they could do something about it but she stated in the conversation she said we had a word with this individual and he was all quite last week and we thought everything was okay Where did he come from? I mean like where are we talking about incidentally? I don't want to know the estate or anything but at least the town or the Garda station that answered it so where did this individual, if he was placed here, is he there on his own? Has he got a partner? Is he he's got... there, no, he's not, he's on his own, right? No, I don't know where he came from, okay? I think he's possibly, he's originally local, 
but has definitely an English accent, definitely been away for a number of years. Okay. Got, and what did he get? A three bed, is it? It was single bed, or two bedroom. A two, two bedroom, bedroom. All, on his, all on his own. On his own. So right, the, the noise own. and the carry on is people who are calling to party with them and yes, drink yes. and do drugs and everything. Yeah. yeah. There is one individual that is not a tenant, right? I shouldn't be there, but he's living there, right? The councillor are aware of this individual and it is this individual is causing the issues. The guy himself that has the house, okay, I personally don't know much about him, but I think there could be uh, mental issues going on there, okay? Yeah. What we feel as residents, what's happening is that the, the gangs that are coming in and coming up are using him to as a party house. You understand where I'm Right. Oh, they're taking advantage of him. Advantage of him, right? That's not the you first know, time I've heard that happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and like last, over the weekend, we had running battles over the weekend, right? And last night, that was Saturday night, Friday, Saturday night, I think, we had a running battle on the state. Last night... Describe again, that Describe that running battle. How would that play out? Uh, well, there was, uh, we'd say it was, well, it was between a father and a son, right? The son was baiting the head off the father, putting it bluntly, right? There was windows smashed. Uh, there was shouting, screaming, roaring. You know, it was something like... It was undescribable what was going the on. The same house, the, was it? No, this was a house next. There's two houses, right? Oh, no, for God's sake. Uh, right, there's two houses, one of it, and it's like a, a competition. The individuals that come up on the estate, they go from one house to the other house. When they follow one character, they go into the other character and they try to wind up the situation. What right? is it with people like? Why don't they have respect for where they live and the people that they're sharing an estate with? What's their problem like? Are they tick or what? I don't know what... I don't know what their problem is. I think it's that they don't have any respect for anything or anyone. Now, you're the same age roughly as me. You know, if we went on like that when we were in teenage years, yeah, we'd get... No. I think maybe we're, we're too busy working hard for a living, I'd say. Yeah. That's probably the yeah. difference, to be honest with you. You know, I like, you know, like, they just... It is beyond... And, the, like, when the guards came up last night, there was three individuals on the estate. They were running around the estate, Okay. They ran into this guy's house. Now, the guards both have seen him going into the house, and yet they've done nothing. You know, they're saying, we can do nothing. Contact County Council. But they can. They can warn them. They can give them a behavior warning, and they can tell if we come back again, this will be another warning. And if there are three or more of these warnings in less than six months, we will prosecute you. They can. And then a superintendent can make an application for a civil order, and they're in court. And they're in trouble then, and that then could release the result to them in Cork County Council evicting them. But you see, the whole point is now, I think the guards are sick of coming up to the estate. You know, you ring the guards, you ring the guards, and they, you mention the estate, and you can nearly hear a breath at the end of the phone kind of going, oh no, not again. You know? Right. Uh, we were told Saturday night, for example, the guards were going to be up in five minutes. It took them 15 minutes to arrive. Yeah, but still in all, 15 is fairly fast regarding the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the few squad cars you have down west yeah. and the amount of guards available. But, but tell me, are they, all, are they all public authority housing or is it a mix of public and private? There's probably a mix of public. The house is, um, uh, the housing estate is about 35 years old. So there's probably a mix, I don't personally know, of mix of housing, of private and public housing at this stage. We're residents of 32 years here, right? Neighbour beside us again is roughly... So it's an established estate. Is it your own right? home or are you renting it? It's a, We're renting for local authority tenants. Yeah, yeah, you see. That's a, and is it any wonder that people... I know that there are particular incidents down in Mahan, unfortunately, in one or two areas down there where people just want out. They're getting a little older and they want to be out of it. 
and they want moving yeah. and they well, want city council to relocate them because of the carry on down there. Did you ever think of that? Wife, yeah, my wife has actually spoken about that for la- in the last months and since I started. She has said, you know, maybe we should move. You know, and like we're 32 years here. Yes, it's a local authority house, but it's our home, yeah. right? Our kids grew up here, you know, our grandkids come and visit, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, but to even consider that, you know, why should we have to do that for because of these individuals? And it's only in the last six to eight weeks, you know, it seems like forever, right? It literally seems like forever. But it's only the last six or eight weeks this has been going on. But so the next time there's worse. a big the next time there's a big party in there, uh, why don't the guards bust it for drugs? <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. You know I mean, you know, you, you know, want you, you want to get obvious, your life back. Yeah. You know, it's obvious this individual that's staying in the house with the tenant, right? It was as obviously look, I high as a kite last night or something, right? He was like a lunatic. It wasn't just drink, right? And the guards, I think actually at one stage he was shouting at the guards, I'm high on with coke and drink, you know? <laughs> a laugh. Oh, They're man. laughing at the guards. They're la- actually laughing at the guards. Oh, I said man. to the guards, They're laughing at you. And he said, yeah, they are. You know? There's no... no. Who would want to be a guard them. like? Who would want to be a guard? No, I don't know. I don't know, to be quite honest now. I don't know, you know? Who wants, or who wants to be dealing with them? Did you, as, have, there, have you residents come together as a group and got on to counsel, county council? Well, we're, we're talking about that. Yeah, we now is. know that there has been, by speaking to the individual this morning from Cork, from Cork County Council, there has been several complaints gone in. So I think we need to, as residents, get together and, you know, as a group, either meet someone face-to-face and say, look, you know, enough is enough. Get out. Get them out. Get, get them out. Get, them get, out, get, get out, your get life back. Out. It's the yeah. it, it's 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 about your life. It's about your neighbours. It's about your wife's medical condition. Not people yeah. partying and doing drugs. Um um in a in a public authority house. Get them out. Yeah, like it is just beyond beyond. And I know it's not a it's not an isolated. No. I know what's going on everywhere. Yeah, right? and and I want to get I want to get to the, ne- the the next case of this because I've had four or five different uh, individuals in a particular estate down in East Cork. Uh, what can I tell you, Gordon? We'll certainly get on to the county council on your behalf, and you can give us the address of that estate and everything, and we can ask them. What's the state at play here where people's lives have been turned upside down by some character who came in and parties all day and night for the last six or eight yeah. weeks? That might help. Okay. All right, now. Okay, all right, Pat, take much. care for now. Okay, that's down Bantry Way, if you move along. These, these all came in overnight, so clearly the residents involved in this are being subjected to this, have all come together. They said, really hoping you can point us in the right direction here. So basically, we're living in a council estate in Middleton. There's a house in this estate that was repossessed by the bank a few years ago, so we're led to believe anyway. Uh, anyway, since then, a few people have been living there squatting. These people are the absolute dregs of society, No one of them are actually from this estate and the trouble they cause here is absolutely unbelievable. Myself and the rest of our neighbours are literally living in fear here. They have huge parties here all of the time. It leads to brawls. Only last weekend this led to a man being stabbed. Yes, I was aware of that stabbing down Middleton Way. So this is the estate we're talking about, is it? Uh, it's absolutely terrifying behaviour. We've been to the guards, rang the council and been on to local TDs. Not one of them can help us, apparently. Whether they can or can't, they just don't want to. We really don't know. But this can't go on anymore. We're all hard-working, normal Joe Soaps and nobody wants to live next to this any longer. Can you keep my details anonymous, but maybe ask on air... Where do we go from here or who can help us? This has gone on long enough. 
and we're all extremely fed up now. Thanks for taking the time to read this. I'm really praying someone can help us. That's one. I'll give you another couple after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Grudgery takes many different shapes. James was talking about one particular shape of it yesterday. But the way the Irish uh, treat the Irish when they get an opportunity to do it, I'm not necessarily talking about hotel prices when there's gigs on. Somebody sent me a living in Connolly Road and we have the concerts in Musgrave Park. It's so sad and unfortunate that you have bars serving pints for eight euro a pint. Uh, Please tell me that's not true. Uh, says Margaret. Um, well, I heard seven, but if you're saying eight, that wouldn't surprise me either. Opportunity knocks, as the fella says. And I'm not talking about the game show. I wish to remain anonymous, please. This would be bad for my own safety. I know you've received more than one email this morning regarding the same matter. I, too, am a resident of this estate and that this particular house is causing mayhem for us. The house itself is a huge health risk. People are squatting here. There don't have any bins, so therefore they have rubbish thrown everywhere. My neighbours have found rats in their garden because of this. That's not the worst of it. It's the parties and the people in and out of these parties that are causing huge problems, with a passerby getting stabbed last week for absolutely no reason. So you can imagine the fear we have living in this estate of the people coming and going from the house. These people have urinated on residents' doorways and garden fences while giving the residents dogs abuse while they're doing it. We're not prudes. Most of us like a drink ourselves and we'd have no objection to parties if these parties didn't lead to all of the trouble. The guards have been called on numerous occasions and have shocked us all in the abuse they've actually taken from these people. The abuse the guardee take from these people. We know if we abuse the guardie in this manner, there's a chance we'll be thrown in the back of a car and locked up for the night. Why would the guards be so lenient with the carry-on of these people? Why are people homeless in this country and people struggling to pay rent if you can just start squatting? We as a community don't want to be seen anyone anyone homeless. We've had enough of these people. One or two people squatting here have full-time jobs, I might add. We've had enough and have decided to stand up and work together, but we need help the council says it's a guard matter and the guards say it's not a matter for them either. Please, can you help us get some advice? What would you do? I mean, I know what would have happened years ago. You'd have a few burly guys would rock up to the house, whether it was in East Cork or down in Bantry, give a few digs, a couple of slaps and people would cop themselves on. No more problem. But I'll, I'll <laughs> probably get into trouble for saying that, but that was the way of it years ago. But you can't be doing that anymore. Incidentally, a serving guard says, Neil, Gardy can't just enter a party with a view to a drugs bust. Uh, they would need a search warrant from district court judge for a specific time frame under the Misuse of Drugs Act, says a serving guard. Like, how frustrating for a guard now or a detective is that? That you'd have to know in advance when there was going... You'd have to know in advance when there was going to be a party where the drugs would be, where dealing would be going on and use would be going on. You'd have to know in advance as if you had a crystal ball to look into the future. But when it's happening in real time, there's nothing you can do about it without the warrant. So that's nuts. I mean, that just is insane. So there's lots coming in um, with regards to Avancore in Middleton, for that's where we're talking about. It's a housing estate in Middleton called Avancore and a particular house there that apparently that was repossessed by the bank and it's just sitting there. One of the emailers said, this is a house in the estate that was repossessed by the bank a few years ago uh, and this is just what's happening now. Parting, drugs, squatting, somebody stabbed in the area. You can imagine living in that estate and trying to rear a family in that estate. Anyway, text 0868 104 106. What would you do? We can come back to it. Back after the break. 
Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Hey, says Neil, your usual line is the poor lads have addiction problems, but you have a different view today, or is it the West Cork drug heads that you just don't like? Uh, you're confusing two different stories entirely. If you're talking about people who are homeless on the streets of Cork and have addiction issues, that's the people that I feel sorry for. Not the heads that are out there fighting and roaring and screaming and hassling people, but the misfortunes who are lying down of a night with a heroin addiction or an alcohol addiction that need help. Um, if you're talking about me having a, a different approach to um, somebody squatting in a house and wrecking it, I have photographs of the home down in Middleton, and it is absolutely wrecked. Front of it's wrecked, back of it's wrecked, front door is wrecked, there's wiring and cable falling over the gardens, front garden is completely overgrown, it's got all sorts of junk, and the back of it is just an absolute dump it's like a dump site, and there's oh, no wonder that there's rats in there. But I got photographs from the neighbour next door who happens to be living next to this house, and they photographed the back garden. It's not even a garden. You've been insulting gardens to call it a garden. They took a photograph in over the wall, and it's just disgusting. Um, so, no, I don't have any pity nor sympathy for people who are behaving like that and holding the entire park and the whole residents who are trying to rear their children and have a peaceful life to ransom. No, I have no tolerance. Zero for that kind of carry-on. So I have more emails, particularly from uh, Middleton. Uh, I will get to them after 10. But I just want to jump in and out of other stories um, to be honest with you. And amongst them, 60 years ago today. Mary Keating, good morning. Does it feel like 60 years ago today? Not at all. Not at all. I'm telling you, I'm as happy now as Larry, (laughs) the man said. Um, Uh. We were 60 years married the 11th of June. Congratulations for that. Well done. Yeah. So 60 and years ago, were you on honeymoon? I, I, live, I lived in Albert Road. I was born and bred in Albert Road. Um, and the Marie, Victoria Road, as you know, was only a short way away from where I lived. Yeah. And um, I was just back from my honeymoon. Are you in the lit- were you in the little houses there in Albert Road? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, were in, we were in Elizabeth Terrace where the, there was about seven houses there in the front facing the, the, the garden, as we was called it, which was a, a public park. Like. I know it, yeah. And, yeah. Um, Would you have been a neighbour of George Hook then? George Hook lived across the road from me. Isn't that amazing? So 60 years ago, tell us all about that. You, you married Finbar. I did. I married Finbar in the Metropole. We were in the South Parish Church. And we had our reception in um, <coughs> the Metropole Hotel. And th- th- not like the big weddings they have today. There was 43 people at mine. You know, yeah. the waitress kind of strictly family and your friends. Yeah. And, you know. It was a morning a event, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, 10 o'clock. I was married at 10 o'clock and we went away. At, uh, we got the train to Dublin uh, at 6 o'clock. And uh, we stayed with a, an uncle of mine in Dublin and we flew to the Isle of Man on the, the following morning oh, for right. two weeks. That was a posh one. You must have had a few bob. When my mother had. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so off to the Isle of Man. And did you come back then to the commotion of JFK? We, we came back then uh, after two weeks. Um, I came back to the family home because my father had died suddenly six months before I got married so we had to cancel the house we were uh, building ourselves uh, because mum couldn't she just couldn't take it like they were very close long ago you know she she practically died with him do you know what I mean she kind of 
gave up, if you like. Yeah. So she asked us, were we going to live, live with her then? And we did. And, like, I was an only daughter with three brothers, and they were all done for. Yeah. And um, she left us the house then. Yeah. And we lived in the house then. I reared my two children, son and daughter, um, in Albert Road. Went, went to school there, up to the convent and all that. And um, then... It's a beautiful place. Uh, to, it's a beautiful area to live in. It's just gorgeous. It's still gorgeous to this day around there. Um, I... 19 years ago, then, we um, we moved out to uh, Waterfall Road. Okay, okay. And, um, but like that, now, I'll never get the excitement. We were only home about two days. Oh, for God's sake, you were still in your dressing, you were in your dressing gown running down the, the Albert Road. I was, he, he was, he was, he came, I, I'd say he came before 11 o'clock. Right. Now, you were saying there, now, that um, you thought the helicopter landed in um, Kennedy Park. Uh, down in Victoria Road. Because what was it? What was it known at before the visit? Was it Marina? It was, all, it was, all, it was always just the park. We just said Marina Park. Right. Okay. And uh, it was down. We used to go down there, and then we, you know, we spent our years down the marina. You know what they and have. Did the chopper the, take off or land there? That now you see, I can't remember now that, but I know there was terrible excitement, and I. My neighbour next door, she said, Mary, quick, 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 John F. is below them. It's below the park. And I remember br- grabbing my dressing gown. Of course, we had a dressing gown that time. No, I love that. We've been married. <laughs> <laughs> um, and running down with all... It, there was thousands down there. And now, in fairness, we did see... I saw him as plain now as I'm seeing myself here. Um but, like, not that close. Do you know what I mean? But you it described was, him as a handsome man. Was Jackie oh, with him? No. No, he was on his own. Was he? He no. was. Oh, God, he was. And, and you know, that time now, um, a 10, like, was a lovely thing. Do you know what I mean? You I know. If you were yeah. 10, you, were, uh, you had money. Yeah, and it wasn't out of a bottle. <laughs> His was the real 10. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I was fairly 10 myself after coming back from the honeymoon <laughs> in the Isle of Man. <laughs> and gee, because I really felt uh, glamorous, like uh. in a dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> you thought, yeah, you thought he came to visit you. Hold on there, hold on there a second, because Mike was probably a neighbour of yours at the time. He lived in Marina Park. Mike, how are you? Hi, Neil. Did you did, you stood up next to him? Did you? What they did actually, they put a rope around the, for the helicopter landing, kind of a thick rope with little spikes. So that was the platform where the where the helicopter uh, would land. I always remember the thickness of, of the rope. But amazed me, right? The guards, there were thousands there now, right? The guards would say, stay back, right? And everybody stayed back. Nobody crossed the line. Whereas today, they'd be all running there, right? Yeah, you know? A rope, forget about yeah. that. A rope. <laughs> so, th- before they used all the young lads go up to the front, and I got right up in front of the rope, and I was just literally, and he was up in the top step of the helicopter. So, I was, I reckon, myself and another couple of young fellas were the closest possible to him, you know? How old are you? I remember eight. So was the so, chopper taking off then from Kennedy Park? Well, he took it landed and it took off, right? But he stood up the top step. So I don't know where it went there, right? But it certainly took off in Kennedy Park because I saw it, you know. So. Yeah, but what I'm trying to see, if he landed in Collins Barracks, got a motorcade to City Hall, he probably left City Hall and the chopper picked him up in Kennedy yeah. Park. 
Would you think that's what he happened? Did, yeah. He did, because I can still see him walking up the steps to the chopper when he got to the top. Ah, he was leaving then. The he was leaving, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he turned around and he waved, and I can remember, like, your, the other corner of Melbourne Road there, I can remember uh, as clear as day. Like, one small thing, I was inside in the house there a couple of years ago in Blackrock, a friend of mine, and yet there's a photograph in the Echo, and there's a photograph of it, and I couldn't make myself out, but behind where I lived in Marina Park, my aunt lived there as well, and my mum and my aunt had a big cork, huge flag, and they were waving it out the window, and you can actually see it in the photograph still to this day, you know, so brings back many memories. You see, I think, it's, I think it's true to say that for many years in Ireland, certainly after the visitor, when he was made president, Mary, you might have a point on this, you would have a picture of the Sacred Heart, you probably had also a picture of JFK on the wall, didn't you? A lot of people yes. did. Yes, everyone yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, the Pope sorry. might have been up there, Padre Pio, or the Child of Prague in the garden or something, but JFK well, was no, on... I don't, I don't think my parents went down that route, like, but I certainly remember a couple of pictures of JFK, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the Sacred Heart picture was always in the house, and the priest came and blessed the house and put all our names, uh, who was living in the house at the time, um, my three brothers and my mum and my dad and myself, all our names were printed under the Sacred Heart. And I have that Sacred Heart picture up in my own bedroom here. Go away, go away. And I never one took thing, it down. One, one thing to tell you, Neil, just to clarify one point, is I spent my youth there and I was born there. So we, it was known, in, uh, obviously, it changed to JFK, but we always knew it was the boggy, go down to the boggy for a game of football, you know? The boggy field. That's, that's, As in yeah. the boggy field next to the Your boggy road. Right. That's, That's right. right. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Does it feel like sixty years ago, Mike? Um, don't know. I'm retired now. now <laughs> I, I still do. The one thing that sticks in my mind is on the top step of the helicopter, and he turned around and he put his hand up and he waved to everybody. You know. Um, but that's one thing sticks in my mind. You know? Fair play to you. Great stories. Um, do you still live there? Do you still live there, Mike, or do you move? Did you move? Well, I kind of spend a bit of time out in Spain, you know, and so I backwards and forwards live in the western suburbs now. All right, so. yeah, okay. Uh, tax exile, I suppose. No, <laughs> absolutely, Neil. I paid all my tax, not like certain people in the country at the moment, right? Allegedly. All right, Mike, mind yourself, boy. Enjoy the sunshine out there. Mary, okay. uh, Mary, Bye. Ha- take care of yourself. Mary, I'm just wondering, how is Finbar? Finbar is great. He's 87 on, uh, next week. Play. And I'm 86. And you're happy out. Nile, I'm as happy as the day I married him. Go way of that. Isn't that lovely? No, you, you know, like all married, you, you have your little ups and downs and yeah. all that, but he, oh, he was, he's one of the greatest husbands in the clock. You wouldn't have traded him in for JFK? No, I wouldn't trade him in for all the, all right, tea, as the man would say, the tea and chai. Lovely chatting with you. Take care, Mary. God bless. Thank you to Mary. Thank you to Mike. Would you like to hear some of the speech, actually, from this day, this, day, this morning, 60 years ago? You're going to hear a bit of... Uh, the Lord Mayor of Cork, Sean Casey, and then uh, bits of JFK. There's a lengthy speech, but we've narrowed it all down for the historic event, for it was 60 years ago this morning that JFK was in City Hall, and only a few months later he was assassinated, shot dead in Dallas, Texas. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, 35th President of the United States of America, distinguished author, valiant fighter for peace, for freedom, for democracy. For me, it is a very great honour indeed, on behalf of my colleagues on the City Council, on behalf of the citizens of uh, this city, to welcome you here, to tell you of the great regard we have for you, and to confer upon you the greatest honour that we can confer, and that is to invite you to become a free man of the City of Cork. 
Members of the City Council, Mr. Aiken, ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored by uh, this generous gift and also uh, once again uh, reminded that the Irish uh, have not lost their ability to speak. That was a beautiful welcome. Greetings from the people of Galway, New York, Dublin, New Hampshire, the people of Kalani, West Virginia, Kilkenny, Minnesota, the people of Limerick, Maine, and the people of Shamrock, Texas. All those... Most countries uh, send out oil or iron, steel or gold, or some other... But Ireland has had only one export, and that's been people. They've gone all over the United States, and the United States has been generous to them. And I think it's not uh, unfair to say that they've been generous themselves and with their sons and daughters to the United States. What uh, pleases me most about uh, coming here is not only uh, this connection, which all of us in America feel with Ireland, even though time and generations may have separated us from this island, but also because uh, I find here in Ireland those qualities which I associate with the best not only of my own country, but of all that we're trying to do and all that we're trying to be. The world is a small place today, and it is, it seems to me, important that we uh, recognize the kinship which exists between all free people. We are uh, in a most uh, climactic period, in the most difficult and dangerous struggle in the history of the world, in the most difficult and dangerous uh, weapons which have ever been devised, which could annihilate the, the human race in a few hours. So I think it is uh, important that those of us who happen to be uh, Irish descent come to Ireland, recognize an even stronger bond which, between all people who wish to be free. That is the most important association, the most important kinship. So you can pick that up now. That's part of the speech in City Hall, and it's as relevant now as it was 60 years ago. The same kind of threats. He's talking about the nuclear weapons and the atomic bomb and the fact that we'd all be taken out in seconds. That was 60 years ago, and here we are, still having the same kind of a narrative. There were, you know, we went in through the Cold War period that he was dealing with. But would he have known? Of course he didn't know. Nobody would have known. And everybody was shocked when some months later in Dallas, Texas, somebody as much loved as him, a uh, very charismatic guy apparently, almost kind of a Hollywood-type individual, uh, would be shot dead in Dallas, Texas. Uh, and that was JFK addressing Cork City Hall. Um, many people turned out, of course, and there was a cavalcade came down from Collins Barracks all the way down through the city. And imagine down through Patrick Street, down the Grand Parade, probably down the South Mall, over the bridges and into City Hall. Perhaps you were there. Get in touch. Text 0868 104 I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show. Red FM. Now, if there's an update with regards to Martin, the taxi driver down in Passage between now and midday, I will bring it to you. But uh, last time I spoke to him, he was just sitting outside the house waiting for the guards because he's just fed up with people doing runners. 
And your man who did the runner is upstairs in bed, absolutely unconscious. Meanwhile, with regards to our 400 euro voucher every single day this week, that's for the big summer event at the Furniture Centre on the Watercourse Road in Blackpool. So it's a 400 euro voucher. You can spend it on whatever you choose. We will play 30 seconds again sometime between now and midday. We'll take two callers. You get 30 seconds and I'll help you. With the clues and the hints, whoever gets the most amount correct wins the daily prize. And we pay 30 seconds, you get a 400 euro voucher for the Furniture Centre. Family run business for over 40 years out on the Watercourse Road in Blackpool. So they've got a big summer event on at the moment and there are 400 euro vouchers every day this week. Um, back to the emails, um, some of the stories this morning. And, and it's not as if, you know, I'm not doing other topics. I know we were talking a lot about the issues regarding RTE. There's a couple of committee meetings. One is today and one is tomorrow. I will come back to texts and emails on that. And undoubtedly, this is a story that still has more to give. So we'll await for the next development in that regard. But talking about people who just have no respect. I'm a resident of Avancore in Middleton. And this is the third email from the same estate, incidentally. And we're experiencing great trouble with one of the houses up here. We have absolutely no idea who owns the property. There's squatters in there, drug users and alcoholics using it as a party house. There's, a, there's trouble up here nearly every night and the house is not being shut down as nobody has a clue as to who owns the house. A man was stabbed last Wednesday night and it never made the papers or anything. He is okay, thank God, but he was stabbed just coming into the estate by junkies who were inside one of the houses. Uh, we're ringing the guards nearly every night to come up because these everything just kicks off. The rubbish in the state of the house is absolutely disgraceful. The previous owner, who was renting out the house, claims the bank took the property back for an unmade, an unpaid mortgage. And since then, all sorts have been living there, causing nothing but trouble and harassing the neighbours. So the bank owned the house. The houses are attached and the walls are paper thin. There are two families with young babies and kids on either side. They cannot get a wink of sleep. It's gone to the stage now that people are fearing going into their homes because of the people coming in and out of the house or even afraid of going in and out of their estate. We rang the council and we've been told it's not council property. There's nothing they can do, even though it is a council estate. We've been on to our local TDs. Same story. Nothing they can do. And they told us it's a matter for the guardie. We've been ringing the guards. And six of us went down on behalf of the residents. We were told by the guards that there's nothing they can do. We are completely at a loss uh, we do not know where to go from here. So no good with the council, no good with the TDs, no good with the guards. <laughs> the stabbings, the drinking, the drug use, the violence, the rubbish coming from this house isn't normal. Somebody needs to claim the property and board it up so people can't just walk in and drink there. It's a disgrace. Young kids and elderly living in the state and nobody is willing to help us. Our final option is reaching out to you, hoping someone can give us a bit of guidance on what we can do. If even someone hears on the radio, they can claim the property. Um, we shouldn't have to be living like this. We'd like to remain anonymous by personal name, but we are speaking the emails we're sending you on behalf of the whole estate of Avancore in Middleton. Someone has to take accountability for the damage these people are causing our estate. May I add, none of the people in the house are from Avancore. They're all the local riffraff right on our doorstep we've had enough. We can't continue living like this. It's unbearable. It's going on two years. Um, and since then, the man was stabbed last week. Uh, he could have been seriously injured. It was an unprovoked attack. Enough is enough. We need to take back our lives. I've sent you pictures of the condition of the house. Thank you for them. And the rubbish out the back. It's drawing rats. We also have to live with rats. 
Thank you on behalf of the residents of Avancora in Middleton. And amongst those residents is Joanne from Avancora in Middleton. Joanne, good morning. Hi, how are you? Um, in fairness to you, you're happy to come on the air. Others sent me emails. Uh, you've heard me read the emails. Would you agree yeah. with them all? Oh, 100%. Like, it's like kids, elderly, families, we shouldn't have to be living next to this, yeah. you know? Yeah, and are you, are you next door? As in, it's a terrace of houses, is it? Yeah. Yeah, right next door to them. Yeah. So what's it like by day and by night? Oh, come here. Like, you could have anyone. Like, it could, it could be quiet there for an hour and out of nowhere, boom, there's murder, like, you know? It's just... It's not safe up here, not after last week, when to the extent it got, you know. And what do you know of the stabbing? Well, see, we don't even know what happened, really. We just know that someone was hurt. Just literally driving into the estate, dropping someone home. They just went over to the car and attacked. Didn't even know who was in the car or not. An you innocent know? person just yeah. dropping off a pal got yeah, stabbed. after a concert, like, do you know. So, like, is there, are there people living there yeah there's there's two two or three actually living there and then they just bring in absolutely everybody and you have all sorts going in and out of the house on a daily basis the music going till all hours of the morning they could be out there fighting you know it's just absolute chaos the rubbish is a disgrace there's been rats around the houses next to it like over all the rubbish and no one's taken any accountability. We've been down to the guards. The guards are telling us, oh, it's a matter for the council. The council are saying it's a matter for the guards. The local TDs are saying because it's not council property, there's nothing they can do, basically. Do you know, like, where do we go? It's owned by the Someone bank. Has... Yeah, but sure, how can, how can the guards not get onto the bank? That's, that's like, you know, the guards actually got a warrant before to raid the house. So if they were able to do that, there's surely a name of the owner on the house. Why can't they shut it down? Not, not the owner. The owner won't care if the owner um, had the house repossessed from them. That's just a bad memory for them. You know but what I mean? Why, how, they're in a housing crisis as well, and that's the kind of that the that's what banks do, girl. Banks just board know? up houses and they just sit but on them. They they're haven't never... even boarded it up. They just left it there for everyone to walk in and out. But what about? Aren't there noise abatement laws in Ireland? Isn't there laws there is, of yeah, antisocial sure, behaviour? when you ring the guards the guards drive up have a look and drive back out that's all they do I mean we're we're ringing the guards all of us I don't know how many times trying to get them to do something and they're basically just saying oh we can't go into the house but when the music and fighting and everything's going on all night they just drive in have a look and drive back out their hands are tied by the courts a guard says to me a while ago there uh, I don't have the text in front of me he says they would need a warrant in advance but should they not get one get that a... we're constantly, there's constantly trouble? Yeah, they'd need to know in advance and get a warrant for a specific time. It's very frustrating for you and it's also frustrating for the guys. They should be able to go in the front door um, uh, and, and arrest people and drag them out. They could, should be able to drag them out anyway. It's not, the, it's not their home. But what happened last week was there was gang outside, not in the house, outside the house, causing trouble from nine o'clock. And unfortunately, the timing that they came in on the car is when something happened. So they could have arrested them knowing they were drunk and out in the estate causing trouble, but they left it alone until something actually got serious. But they're investigating you know? the stabbing of that misfortunate person now, surely. I, I have no idea. 
We haven't heard no more. I gave my number and stuff that night. So what bank, so what bank is, uh, owns that? We don't know. We can't find out. We're after getting on to auctioneers. We're after getting on, like everyone. Like this is our last resort, getting onto the radio to see if anyone can give us any bit of guidance or to know if, if someone will claim the property. Something like something needs to be done. It is a terraced three-bed house in Avoncourt, Middleton. Yeah. Yeah. And are they in there now, like, acting the fool? Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. This morning, an ambulance came up by half nine this morning, took a woman out of the house. Ah, uh, stop. You're joking. Yeah, half nine in the morning. Do you know? Are they locals, all of them? They are. They're living around locally, most of them, anyway. So why did an ambulance call? Was it an OD or too much drink? Yeah, something, something like that, all right, I'd say. Brought her into the ambulance. So the guards have to be able to go into a property like oh, that? Oh, the, amb- the ambulance rang the guards this morning. Cause we were outside, we heard. The guards rang the ambulance, or the ambulance rang the guards and they never came up. So They're is turning it- a blind eye to us. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand why you would feel that way, to be honest. And are yeah. you right next door because there's paper thin right walls? Next door? Yeah. yeah. Do you hear it all? I mean, you can hear you can hear them talking, not to mind when they're shouting and roaring. Do you know? And have you ever said anything to them? We, we've we said so much to them and you're getting nowhere. They'll, they'll turn around and say, oh, I'll be quiet or, oh, not my fault or, do you know, you're getting no, you're getting nowhere with them. Like. What, and anybody anybody think about paying them a visit? Uh, I see a text to her saying that uh, half a dozen burly men knocking on the front door to sort that out for you in a few minutes. To be honest, that's the, the only other option we have now. We didn't want to do that. But, like, what else, we, what else are we going to do? No one's helping us. Like, we're going to have to take it into our own hands. And it shouldn't have to come to that. Do they, like I mean, do they give you grief? Like, have you said anything to them? Do you get grief from them? You do, yeah. I've said it's them, like, I have a small baby. And, I like, that's not normal for him to be living next to her. I've said it to them. We were polite to them enough for a long time. Do you know, and enough is enough. Like, the trouble they're causing, it's like people are fearing going in home over the people that they're bringing up to the house. Nobody's taking, nobody's taking responsibility for it. No, you're left sure. With the One fella's saying, oh, it's his fault. Another fella's saying, it's his fault. You know, it's just... Are there rats? <sighs> yeah. Should have seen the size of them. My next, my neighbour on the other side, she's seen two big ones on her wall. Oh, God. And her house is spotless. We all keep our houses oh, clean. No. It's just that one house there. It's awful, isn't it? It's awful. It's hang, on. hang on. And um, and and tell me, uh, how many of them would be in there at any one time? Do you know? Like, I think altogether three of them live in there. Yeah, like, there's three living, living, but when, there, when, there's, when there's parting going on, there must be lots more. Oh, there could be 10, 12 of them. There could be more. I remember one morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, I went out my back door for a fag and there was about 14 of them standing outside but the surely, like, surely that's a great opportunity to arrest 14 of them for trespass they get them oh, out yeah, of the house then and board the house up yeah but sure you, you ring you ring the guards and you're getting nowhere alright hold, hold on there come back you know? after the break hold on a second no calling get it off your chest call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 104 red FM ok back to the phone lines we go James good morning Hi Neil, how are you? Thanks for holding. I still have Joanne on behalf of the residents in Avoncourt in Middleton. Yeah. Advice from? Well, just somebody has to have title or, or pendant title to that property. So you find out who it is. You serve them with a letter, tell them you're going to hold them liable for any incident, accident, loss, damage, or otherwise. But how do we find uh, um, out? 
I'll go to a solicitor. Just put a hundred quid together and go to a solicitor. They can find out. If it's a ba- if it's the bank repossessed it, it's the bank. Should they only laugh at a solicitor's letter? Yeah. No, no, they won't. If they're held if they're held liable, because if there is an incident, then they've been warned. They have to that's they have to safeguard their property. They have to safeguard their property. It's it's their negligence that's causing this situation. Yeah, might actually get in touch with a solicitor myself here and get some advice legally to see if we could direct them in the right way. Right yeah, way. Yeah, like, I mean, supposing somebody falls there, supposing somebody falls there, who's well, liable for it? Well, here's they here's a, here, that's that's their problem. But here's another issue: what if they start a fire in there and it burns down the terrace of houses? <laughs> but that's it. like somebody has to be liable. Have they the insurance? Yeah. Have they public liability insurance there? If it's belonging to a bank, which they're supposed to have. Not so. The guards or anything like that. You just have to. The one thing that frightens people is if there's going to be a claim, they get a reaction. Sure, yeah. Have you gone through something like this, James? Oh, I've seen, I know somebody who has. And how was it resolved? There was very quick action. And who, did owned, it take long? who owns the property involved in it? It was a similar one to that to the repossessed property. So you went. They went after the bank. Is it? Either a vulture fund, a bank, or somebody else, or, or some uh, investment group own type to do it. So they're then responsible. Okay. I, I, okay. Okay. I only got these emails overnight, uh, Joanne. Thank you, James. Thank you. So it's kind of early. It's it's early days for me, but I think I might get yeah. legal advice on your behalf to see what to do next. I'd really appreciate that. Do you know what I mean? I only got the emails when I came in this morning, so we can do some. I know. Work we j- we just decided last night we'd get onto the radio because I understand. I understand. we okay. were just at a loss. Okay. Well, let me forward and let me get some legal advice as to because clearly the council don't want to know. Clearly, no. Um, your TDs don't want to know. Your council Councillors no. don't want to know, and you're saying that the guards either don't want to know or their hands are tied. So you're all alone here. Yeah, they'll start a fire like... sooner or later. I hate having to tell you that, Joanne. I know. And we'll have 100%. a major tragedy on our hands then, and you have children next door. But that's all we're waiting for. That's why we're trying to get it sorted and just get it boarded up because something really bad is. Oh, going you to can happen. be guaranteed. These things yeah. just get worse if they're unattended. They do. 100%. They only get worse. They never improve on their own. No. Okay, be back to you. Hang in there. Listen, thanks for picking up the story and uh, letting us know about it and see if we can get people to help. Do text 0868104106. Can I just say that the vast majority in getting texts at the moment with regards to these heads in the house involve baseball bats and hurleys or iron bars, I can tell that. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. Okay, um, lots of different topics, but I want to say with the distastes uh, 60 years ago JFK was on Lee side and they were waxing lyrical about him at City Hall right now as we speak 60 years ago Dave McGrath remembers it well David good morning good morning Neil um, first of all just to say that a great show this morning thank you appreciate it with um, uh, a few topics that had a happy ending which was great you know yeah I mean? absolutely for Sandy and indeed for John um, and we're delighted for both yeah, of them So, really and actually I'm putting time. together a list of things actually that people want to help John with in Madden's building so I'll read that out but anyway it was, it was different times does it feel like 60 years ago uh, it feels a long long time ago Neil because I just all went over you know like so I was 12 years of age at the time and uh, we were probably down town. I suppose I can't remember now, Neil, to be perfectly honest with Joe, whether I, I went down in town with my friends on my own or with my mother and father. You were outside Cavendish's, though, you remember that? 
Well, it's Ed Catnish's uh, uh, on the corner of Princess Street and Burton's was on the other corner. Yeah, so you were looking across then at the old pav, for instance, yeah? Yeah, and he came up that, and he came up that side, he came up that side, so we weren't, we weren't, uh, yeah, we weren't 20 or 30 feet away from him at the time, you know? Big cavalcade, was it? It was, yeah, and uh, I suppose it was, I don't know, how many people would you fill in the pad? 20,000, 15,000? Easily, yeah, tens of thousands. You couldn't breathe in there, like, you know? And if he had a stone, I, he, was he passed, I, I just said, well, Jim, Mr. President, and he just gave a quick look and he says, thanks, Dave, so I mean, I mean, so... You actually spoke to him? Yeah. No, I just, we just said, well, Jim, we are short road in the streets, you know? <laughs> he but, just uh, said he said, thanks, Dave. He obviously didn't yeah. say thanks, Dave. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, no, but uh, it, it, like we were, we, we were waiting with great anticipation all the morning below. Like, and it was a great spot, I guess. But what was it, the like, route it, then? It was North Collins North. Barracks down St Luke's Cross down into yeah, Summerhill North. Yeah, yeah across up, the keys. Up, 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 up to and down Patrick's Street. But then it was like the Tour de France when it came to Cock in 2010. Uh, it just it was over in a flash. He was here one second, and then he was gone the next second. Gone, yeah. And, yeah. and we were all in awe, but like, but. Uh, and then, unfortunately, um, on November 22nd, then on uh, couple, five months later, um, we got the news that um, held the news that he was already being assassinated. And there was a. I remember, I remember where I was when I heard that, and I believe it or not, like people were crying. Like I, I, I actually cried myself. Yeah, oh years of age. man, yeah, yeah, because it was well, personal. Yeah. You know, he was of Irish descent. It was the That's connection. Right. We, we were, we, we were having our, our tea at home with mother and father and, and, and brothers and sisters and uh, it came out, my mother and father, but they were all crying. You know, it was, uh, it was a very sad occasion at the time, you know yeah, what I mean? I know, I know, I know, I know. Sad day. Listen, thanks for sharing as always, uh, David. Yeah. Appreciate it. Want to talk Lee, to Lee, yeah. yeah. Just one. Can I just give me a, 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 quick, a, a quick thing on the underground property? Sure, yeah. We're never too far from the latest installment in that story, so go on. Yeah. Well, first of all, anyway, on Ryan Tubbley, I think he should be, uh, he made a huge mistake, huge mistake when he made his first statement. Obviously, he came out, his statement came out too quick after the thing broke. He had, hadn't sat down and discussed it with anyone, or uh, he came out that he knew nothing about it. If he came out in that statement and said he knew about it and uh, he investigated it, he would be uh, thought of a lot more by the other public. But that was a huge first mistake he made. Secondly, I think he should, because he's the man at the centre of the Eye of the Storm. He should be uh, in Isle 3 or tomorrow in, uh, in, in the Rockdust and the Public Account Company and, and uh, to give his views, because he's... He, he's well, he, he wasn't asked, nor was his agent asked. And secondly, I will say one thing about D Forbes, right? They're all saying that she's the one that knows everything. But I, I said to my wife last night, if, he, if she has nothing to hide... And I presume she's a decent, honest woman. She wouldn't get into height. You should just go in, answer the questions, because I'll put she it You couldn't way answer. You. If, if you were responsible for that, you couldn't answer those questions. The reckless use of public money, the little side deals and the lies and the deceit and, you know, Renault and having, yeah, yeah, you know, she, 75 she grand backhander bungs. To, you can't, like, you're, you're better off well, keeping, your, keeping out of it. She's just yeah, going to be thrown she, under yeah, a bus full stop. But she has to go. She can't. She she doesn't have to go before the comedy, you know, because she's resigned. But if if she hadn't resigned, she would have to go in front of. Sure, the yeah, but you know, the only way we'll find this out is that she'll talk with uh, some Sunday newspaper at some stage and tell her whole but, story. But, but my but my point about that, Neil, is if you have nothing to hide, right? 
I would rather But there's loads to hide, man. That's the problem. They do have that, stuff but, to hide. Yeah, but I think if, if you if you, if you come out and give her a lesson, I would rather face a committee and answer questions and now she's behind closed doors, she's supposed to be sick. Um, I would rather face a comedy than go into Super Value or Dunn Stores and where she's living because she's going to get an awful reaction from the public by not appearing. Okay. So I would rather go and answer the questions rather than face the public. All right, my friend. I know Dennis Horgan, her uh, partner, actually was approached down in West Cork by certainly the Sunday World of the Weekend. He told him to F-U-C-K off when he called to their door. Actually, this is what Matty McGrath is saying about the whole thing. Um, and this isn't the doll yesterday, but they have some element of privilege. Matty McGrath, TD, have an aged. I want a debate, a full debate here on the RT debacle. There are many thousands of decent workers in RT. And this scandal that's going on here, and we saw when the board and the executive board, and a woman on the board suspended uh, D Forbes, then she was uh, dismissed. And she's blatantly refusing to come before any committee. I want, like what happened to people who fail, are unable or don't wish to pay the license because of the poor service in RT, I want um, uh, Ms. Forbes to be arrested and charged and brought before, but I'll get the guarantee to question her if you won't come before this house. The people are aghast at what's going on at the top levels in some organisations. Of course, willy willy with you and the government. And, Sorry? It's order of business. Yes, it is. I want a full and fulsome debate here about uh, the debacle at RT and the failure of your government and Ms. Forbes to write into the sunset. So I want the, a gathered investigation to assure that Ms. Forbes is held to account and other senior people in RT. Yeah, they're on a timer, you see. They can never get a finished statement up because they get hassled when the timer's gone and the bell starts ringing and everything. But that's Matty McGraw. D. Forbes arrested. <laughs> brought, brought to the different tribunals or the different committees. In the back of a squad car. Anyway, get involved in the conversation. Text 0868104106. But uh, for the day that's in it today, 60 years ago today, um, we had a man in the White House, or at least those are the words of the historian Michelle O'Mahony. And I read her blog last night on the Kennedy connection and all those associated with Kennedy and the presidency and those actually who worked as part of his um, government at the time. Um, and there were many, many people from all over Ireland, but there's a lot of connections with Cork. Anyway, a quick call from Michelle 60 years later. Michelle, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thank you for having me. Yeah, like you're more than... I re- the blog interesting. I did find it very interesting because, um, you, you know, I love the part where you're talking about the sacred heart on the wall and you're talking about the photograph of JFK and many homes years ago and also the heartbreak upon the announcement of the assassination. You're too young to remember it, thankfully, as I am too. But your folks would have done and um, your relations would have done, yeah? Yes, Neil. Um, I suppose growing up in Demanway, you'll have heard that Demanway is synonymous with Sam Maguire. Yeah. And the Sam Maguire Trophy. And I come from a background where my family would have been heavily involved in the 1920s, the revolutionary period, whatever. And I always heard about this woman called Julia Sweeney, who is supposed to have met Kennedy. And long story short, a few years ago, I was told the backstory that her nephew was Larry O'Brien and that Larry O'Brien was a good friend of Kennedy. So being the historian that I am, I set about making some inquiries. A few people in Demanway knew the story, but it would be the older generation 
So I decided it would be pertinent for the anniversary to bring it to the younger generation and to put it out there about our man in the White House. So you found that Lawrence Larry O'Brien's mother and father went out there without a penny in their pocket and Mm -hmm. thrived there, setting up restaurants and cafes and hotels. And Larry was born, Lawrence Lawrence was born, and went on then to work on the staff of Kennedy's presidency. Yes, yes, that's correct. In 1900, his father, um, who I believe was from Kilbritton, the O'Brien side, they emigrated to America. And his mother, Myra Sweeney, from Demanway, she was one of ten. She emigrated in 1903. And then around 1914, they married and they opened a cafe. And one of the staples on the menu was Irish stew and dumplings for the American audience. That's right. In the restaurant, yeah. In in the restaurant. um, Fast forward ten years, Larry and his sister are born. His sister is called Mary. And then the Great Depression hits and they lose a lot of money because they're involved in real estate at this stage. Mm. So post-depression, they go about setting up another cafe, but they're quite clever at this stage. And they move the cafe into, I suppose, the political hub of Boston and Springfield, near where the local councillors are going for tea and coffee. And somehow or other, they manage to get involved with the whole Democratic Party at that stage. Uh, In 1928, Lawrence is 11. His father is a member of the Democratic Party. That's Lawrence O'Brien Sr. And... Young Lawrence is brought in to experience, you know, political campaigning, and I suppose that's where it all starts from. Twenty years later, after the Second World War, Lawrence then meets with Kennedy through a group of friends, and they go to a speech, and this is, you know, Kennedy's early years as he's coming up the line into the Senate. So they set up this friendship because they're both from Springfield. Both families get to know each other, and he becomes a good friend. He does, and ends up on the staff, and ends up getting and to know Kennedy very well, and also uh, Jackie Kennedy. Yes, he gets to know Jackie as well. Now, when you look at his memoirs, the I suppose at the time when Kennedy died, he was in the car behind him. He was Lawrence, yeah. So, yeah. so Lawrence. Did he talk about that? Did he, did he write about it? He writes about it in his memoirs and he also writes a lot about Jackie um, towards the funeral time of Kennedy's life and how Jackie sort of realises that himself and Dave Powers and a few other of the Irish-American staff were his true friends and realises that connection that they had to their Irish heritage. And of course he would have flown, Larry would have flown back then with Jackie and sadly also with the casket carrying the, the dead president. Yes, yes, and he gives a lot of detail about that casket, about how heavy it was in his memoirs and how when they were moving it through um, the hospital grounds in Dallas, you know, one of the handles fell off and it was something like 500 pounds and all about how they had to fly back. You know, we think of Air Force One today as this great big luxurious aircraft, but he makes it very poignant and says himself, Dave and Jackie just flew quietly at the tail end in the tail compartment all the way back. To Washington with Kennedy's casket. But, to, but so, you know, to six months earlier for the Irish visit, um, mm-hmm. do, what, what do you know of that and those? Because a lot of Irish people who worked with the Kennedy campaign or presidency also came back. There was a few planes came, wasn't there? There, there, there was a few planes came, but a lot of that would have been the entourage, the, the equipment, everything. But there was about, they say, an estimate of 40 or 50 people closely in the White House had connections with County Cork, with Ireland in various locations they were visiting. And did Lawrence come back to Cork and to West Cork? Yes, Lawrence had, Lawrence came with the entourage, as you know, 
and his Aunt Julia was invited up. Because I have a photograph and of him on the steps so I can see the columns yeah, so, of City Hall yeah. here. Yeah, so that's the photograph that we have in the local historical society in Domanway of Lawrence and Auntie Julia. Um, a few years later, he did come back and he visited. And I've heard it on good authority from another source in the last few days that the local guard in Domanway was asked to keep an eye on Auntie Julia by Lawrence because she was single and she was in her late 70s. And as a result, I know that this particular guard's son also then was made friends with the O'Brien family and because of this, he was sent first-day covers of stamps from America back for this person in Dunmanway. So there has we were been all getting packages from America, weren't we? In our we're case, in our case it was uh, second-hand shoes and trousers and stuff like that. From Well, I think first-day covers from the Postmaster General at this stage. Um, Lawrence became Postmaster General of America after um, right. Robert Kennedy's assassination because he, he ran Robert Kennedy's campaign until the assassination of Robert Kennedy okay. again. Okay. So I'll it goes on and on. Yeah, I'll encourage people to read your own blog on it but because there's a lot more detail. He died in 1990, well, I believe, didn't he, Larry? He, he died yeah. in 1990 and, and he has one son, then Larry O'Brien the third, who's involved in Washington with um, OBC, O'Brien Consulting Group. And do you believe that we should be marking more, whether it's the astronaut Eileen Collins from down west, Henry Ford from down west? Um, not the nicest man in the world, Henry Ford, incidentally, though. He might have been a big business magnet and industrialist. He was a shocking uh, anti-Semite. Um, for, yeah. for, you know, so I, there's, I, there's not necessarily the nicest story in the world there. But do you think mm-hmm. the more should be, more should be honoured down west along? I think definitely. I think we're scratching the surface. I know I'm scratching the surface in Demandway and there's probably more historians out there that can fill it in um, in terms of the other towns in the area. I think what we really need is an Irish-American, almost an Irish-American museum or an Irish-American centre where we can showcase the best of the Irish people that went to America. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at Kennedy's speech that he did deliver in City Hall, that speech mentions kinship. It mentions the great Irish special relationship. Yeah, I played a but little bit also, of earlier on. Yeah, you're right, it did. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the key points that he said is Ireland's greatest export was her people and the contributions that they made abroad. And yeah. I think that should be the essence He's of one it. You are going to honour people. Yeah. He was one of them. Larry yeah. O'Brien was one of them. Yeah. No, Ray, uh, no in, in the sense that Kennedy himself was one of them. So, so, okay, was, Ra- Kennedy so, was, so was Reagan. So was Kennedy. Yeah. His, you have his entourage. You also have, as you mentioned, the NASA connection. Um, the first female pilot of the shuttles was Eileen Collins. She has ancestry from the Domanway Drummer League area, as does Michael Collins, astronaut. So there's, there's quite a lot of people there. And even going back into the 1800s, we would have an orphan from the time of the famine from Domanway by the name of Thomas Havenden, who went on to become one of America's foremost painters. Little ever mentioned that his parents, both parents came from Domanway and he was orphaned in 47, 1847 at the height of the famine. Um, so with, there's an awful lot that needs to be explored and I do think it would be great for tourism and it has great potential but obviously as you say, um, like Henry Ford, we need to be very accurate in our reflections of them. Well you need to tell the truth. Yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite sure you would because you wouldn't want to airbrush history. She wouldn't, particularly oh, no. with regards to no. Henry no. Ford. Yeah, for sure. Listen, it's fascinating the work you do, and congratulations on how much you've dug. And it would be a great idea if some way that the 
Irish diaspora could be honoured in, in West Cork. And, you know, uh, the, Irish, uh, the Irish diaspora stroke the Irish mafia in America, if you like. <laughs> I, just, well, I say I, that in the nicest well, possible way. <laughs> well, I, 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 think, I think it has the nicest connotations of the word, you know, they come across as being the Irish mafia or the mafiosa, it's mentioned. <laughs> but when you do read, if, for anybody out there who is interested in a Cork connection, if you can get your hands on a copy on Amazon or a second-hand copy, copy of No Final Victories, Larry O'Brien's own autobiography. It has some very interesting anecdotes, almost from him looking on the Kennedy administration and those years in American society. And his hand and on the tiller it, of it power. It makes a very good read. Well done. You're the best. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> Cheers as always. No bother. Thanks, Take Neil. care. Thank you can follow uh, Michelle O'Mani if you so choose at omhistoryconsultant.ie. We look back at, uh, amongst other things, 60 years ago on Lee Side Today. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. I'm a resident of Avancore and it's absolutely disgraceful what's going on. Myself and my husband dread coming home from work every day with our kids to see what we have to face. All the scumbags of the town are drawn up to our estate every day and we have had enough. We're all working families. Are paying our rent to the council who seem to have no regard for our safety whatsoever. We have been in touch with the Gardaí on this matter and I hope to have some kind of response from them in some way, shape or form. It'll probably be tomorrow morning's programme. We will also be getting legal advice for you as to how you take these people on. Again, the vast majority of texts I'm getting is that people should just sort them out themselves. But then again, you run the risk of being prosecuted. OK, we've got a €400 voucher to give away for the Furniture Centre to celebrate their summer event. €400 every single day. We're going to play 30 seconds now and I am going to take two callers. Callers 9 and 10. Our phone lines are open. It's your opportunity to get on the phone. This is one of the more bizarre qualifying questions I've come across in a long, long time. I love it nonetheless because I'm a big fan, big fan of the band. But Claire wants to know, which month of the year provided Earth, Wind and Fire with the top 10 hit in 1978? We're not talking about fantasy, incidentally. Which month of the year provided Earth, Wind and Fire? If you know your Earth, Wind and Fire, you'll know the answer to this. It's the title of the damn song in 1978. So we'll take callers 9 and 10, please. I'll give you 30 seconds to play 30 seconds. Whoever gets the most correct uh, wins the 400 euro courtesy of ourselves in the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road. I'll help you as best I can. Help or hinder, I'm not too sure. But meanwhile, something else that's happening on a daily basis, of course, right across the month of June, July and possibly August as well, is we're giving away summer family passes to all sorts of wonderful tourist destinations across the Cork City and County. So make sure you download the Explore Cork app. And this morning, we are featuring a place that I loved visiting. I've been there a couple of times. I see something new every time I go and that is the tour guide and the tour that you can do at Cork City Jail. I'm joined by the tour guide of Cork City Jail, Jennifer by phone. Jennifer, good morning. Good morning from Cork City Jail. How are you, Neil? <laughs> I've never heard anybody to be so excited to be in jail. <laughs> Being in jail has never been like never before. <laughs> How's it going so far with the season? Busy? Listen, it's wonderful, especially after the couple of years that we've had to. We're back flying 100% here. There's this, school tours. There's yeah. uh, people who are living here, visitors. We're back to normal and ready to go. And the tour bus of the city stops off there, doesn't it? It certainly does. For those of you who are against some of the Cork Hills here, we have the tour bus. It'll drop you right outside the front door. And it literally is a, a tour back, a trip back in time, isn't it? 
It literally is. There's not many experiences, I don't feel like it, in Cork that you can literally retrace the steps. It's a very visceral experience coming through here. You actually get to look into the eyes of the statues and some of them are so lifelike, you'd think they'd nearly be able to introduce themselves to you. So it's kind of like a really good example of what it was like when the prison was 99 years here a prison and yeah. it opened its doors in 1824 and closed in 1923 so in so 1824 um, for whom would be incarcerated back then so look we had a variety of prisoners for a variety of reasons but you didn't have to do much um, back then to arrive in Cork City Jail uh, compared to today's standards like you could have you lost a petty theft you could have gotten quite a harsh sentence and then you would be in Cork City Jail but we did have a variety of more serious crimes from basically petty criminality to murder up here Do you ever wonder why they were so hard on petty crime particularly when people were so poor and hungry that they would get such stiff sentences why was that? I think it's kind of like to get, it was a different time back then. It's hard for us to imagine it back in the 1800s. Things were valuable and they want, they had the mentality, like conversations that we have today about how to reform a prisoner, um, what to do. And they felt like that was adequate to knock them off the life of crime. Not that it worked, like lots of things that we do today in modern prisons, they may not work. They might have a conversation about us in 100 years mm saying how wrong we got it yeah. that we're doing yeah. like we do with the things it was quite cruel and quite torturous some of the punishments that they had compared to today's standards well society you know? was very divisive wasn't it there was a set tier and if you were rich then you needed protecting if you were poor you needed keeping down Mm-hmm. And actually, we did have something from the 1800s, which was a part of many jails back then, was a debtor's jail. <laughs> we had there a different class of criminal if you owed money. Was that all and part uh, of the jail in Strawberry It Hill? was. So basically, we have um, our main prison, which had your petty criminality and your different wings. But there was a separate jail. Now, it's not refurbished, but it's actually part of the grounds. A lot of people don't know they can come inside and take this journey back in time, meet the prisoners, read their stories, but also walk in the grounds are there was also a hospital here, a debtor's jail. There's some information points back there. And it's it's an amazing building to behold because we've quite a big wall here, as you can imagine, for a prison. And lots of people in Cork haven't even been up here. Yeah, so and I it, could, it, if I owe, if you owed me money, I could go to Cork, get you put in jail, you'd be arrested, put in the debtor's prison, and you'd stay yeah. there until you paid me what you owed me. You certainly would. You'd want to be, you'd be highly motivated to pay off your debt. But quite an unusual thing about the debtor's jail back then, you could actually get a day off your sentence which would be quite different for the prisoners inside, outside the debtor's jail. You could convince a family member to, to go to jail. I don't know if my family now would be too... Uh, Stand I'd in have to do an awful lot of convincing. And you could go into Cork and hustle and try and get this debt paid off. So look, it was a different world back then. Outside the jail, though, they hanged people, right? They certainly did, and it's quite funny walking through here. You know, we, we open up and we welcome our visitors and we, uh, you know, then sometimes it kind of hits you here. This is a place where a person was executed right outside the front door where you go into the gatehouse there. Or when you're in a cell here, you know, you're thinking this is a place where someone, that door closed behind them. And actually here you can even try a cell. Maybe you know someone who needs maybe to be put back in order. We this is totally available for you up in Cork City Jail. You I'd know? say there's a queue of people for long behind bars. I say this, everyone yeah. knows someone that kind of might need a lesson. I heard you have ghosts <laughs> up there though, Jennifer. Well, look, to be honest, Neil, I feel like the stories that we tell here, and especially, you know, from next month, we'll have the next two months, we'll have a tour on the air. We've got some fantastic guides working here that will explain to you the 
stories, real life stories of people are here and it gives you goosebumps. But it's a building here, like when you see it, it's quite eerie just working here and that that thought of who was here suffering and all the different stories of these people that we tell in our tour that's enough for me to give me goosebumps but to be honest like when you're here as well the, the wind can be hounding here in the winter and noises are creaking you'd have to be quite hardy you know something it would be <laughs> easy be for the imagination the to run f- to fly wild wouldn't it yeah it could be if you were of a nervous disposition Cork City Jail probably wouldn't be for you <sighs> like there's always like some people you know there's always there's been sightings in the gatehouse or wires moving uh, you know there's been quite a few or we've even got a little nod here uh, to an urban legend of so many stories are keep getting repeated of a, a little girl running through you know because we actually had prisoners here and we feature on our tour a nine and ten year old kind of all the people that we talk about on our tour have been chosen to learn something from and they were nine and ten years old and when you see them in a cell you know sometimes oh, we have so tours with, with children who are that age it's just crazy. That, that's enough the stories will shake you yeah, you'll be very happy to, to be in, in 2023 after we're finished with you it's incredible and you keep adding and keep developing. Long may it continue. Have a great summer. Thank you so much for the You're family passes. Going to give some away. Absolutely. Yeah. You tell Looking a great Looking forward to welcome them story. here to Cork City Jail. You're the best. Thanks 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 Jennifer. Bye-bye. Take care. There's somebody that's passionate about what she does. So the tour of the Cork City Jail will give away, uh, I think we're giving away four family passes. Now this would be um, two adults, three children, whatever way works for you, or one adult and four children, but certainly do go. And if you've done it, even win a ticket this morning or a family pass, it certainly should be on your radar. Um, you know, it's just a fantastic experience and there's so much to do. So our phone lines are open for that 0818 106. We have four passes to give away for a guided tour of Cork City Jail. Okay, I mean, I can't keep putting off my own execution. I just need to do this. I just need to do this. It's a total and utter head wreck, this game. Hey, Alan O'Sullivan's in Bishopstown. Good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you doing? I'm good, my man. You're looking for 400 euro to do up the house courtesy of ourselves and buy some furniture from the furniture centre. Let's see. Bernice Warren is in Middleton. Bernice? Hi, Neil. How are you doing? Okay, so you've each got 30 seconds. I won't hang around if and you don't mind. Alan, okay. you are first up. So uh, which month of the year provided Earth, Wind and Fire with a top 10 hit in 1978? Uh, September. Correct, Amundo. Well done to you. Okay, so you got 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can. And then Bernice does the, the same. Whoever gets the most gets a 400 euro voucher from the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road. Um, and you can spend it on whatever you wish. So hang in there, Bernice. Are you ready now, Alan? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, my friend. So I just got to find your 30 second clock. If I was prepared, I'd be dangerous. I've got it. And your clock starts. Uh, now, um, this fairy tale involved her going to live with the three bears. Goldilocks. Okay, if you had problems with your eyesight, you better go to. Not to. Should have gone to. What? I think he said specs everything. Yeah. Uh, this fella built a boat and he put two of every animal on it. Uh, Noah. What did he build? Noah's. An hour. An hour. Okay, yeah. absolutely. Um, this fellow was uh, an investigator back in the 1800s. They wrote books about him in television shows. Smoked a pipe. What happens, if, what happens if he gets it on the bell? I think disqualified if he get it on the bell, unfortunately. Um, so, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes was correct, but it should have been ahead of the bell. So, what did he do? What did he do? How many did he get? Well, you know, how many did you get? I'll tell you. Hold on a second. Uh, you got uh, one... Two, you got three. So you got three to beat Bernice, all right? 
Okay, I'll try anyway. All right, um, and we'll see how you get on. I'm just saying that he answered on the bell, so he doesn't get that on the bell, no? No, nobody's, nobody's taking any notice of me, so I'll just make the call myself. So you're 30 seconds and your clock starts... Now, Bernice, uh, these were the two buildings that came down in New York in 2001. The World Trade Center. Absolutely. She won the Eurovision for Ireland back in the early 70s. Dana. This fella had a tea party with, uh, with Alice. Uh, the tea party. He was nuts. With Elvis. No, it was the tea party with... Oh. with Alice. No, what did you say? The tea party with Alice. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, I should have fucking moved on. I should have moved on. The Mad Hatter's tea party. The Mad Hatter's, yeah. I, I touched that he had a tea party with Elvis. No, Alice. Alice, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Alice. Alice. So That's unf- what I was trying to rectify. <laughs> no, my apologies. No problem, Steve. Two, I well think. Done, Alan. Two, I think. That won't do it. Thanks, Bernice. Alan, you got yourself a 400 euro voucher. You didn't need the extra number. You win all the same. Well done. Well done. Thanks, man. Thanks very You're much. You're welcome. Um, so, off from Bishopstown over to the Watercourse Road with a 400 euro voucher for the furniture centre on the Watercourse Road. Great thing about it is uh, you buy the furniture, they deliver it, they assemble it, they take away old furniture if you don't want it. Further details at the furniturecentre.ie. Just turning midday, undoubtedly there'll be some updates and lots of different stories that we dealt with this morning in the morning so have a good day and I'll see you tomorrow for more Red FM podcasts go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts